Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campus Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming. And it is the day after episode two of Boba Fett. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. And I'm not going to be talking about it alone. We're going to be joined by Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. And, and of course, right beside her with you guys in the live chat. If you guys are watching live, he'll be joining you in the live chat all day. It's Ray. Hey, Ray, how you doing? Hey, <laughs> That was good. By the way, can I just say the burgers you made last night were unbelievable. Yep. Excellent, excellent burgers. And oh, Kim's giving me that look. Kim's giving him the stink. You should have been there, man. <laughs> you, know, you, should, you should actually come over and watch it with us. Then, then I can, should. I know you go to bed and then wake up I to watch do. Boba Fett, so maybe that's a little bit challenging, but one of these times you should do that. Uh, Robert Meyer Burnett is not joining us today. Rob, just so you guys know, his weekly schedule is going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, that's when Rob's going to be here moving forward on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. He won't be here on Wednesdays. But we've got you guys here with us, and we do have a lot of stuff to talk about here today. First look at Natalie Portman's outfit in the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder and Chris Hemsworth's new outfit as well. Surprise, surprise, the Golden Globes couldn't get any celebrities to agree to appear to do presentations. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Brand new Uncharted clip just came out. I'm going to, spoiler alert. I really liked it. Anyway, that and a number of things more. And here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. In the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you have a live comment or question, there's two ways to send it in. If you're watching live and only if you're watching live... Go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube live chat, and we'll read that off when we get to the end of our topics. But if you're watching the show any of the 22 other hours, other hours in the day, go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Just click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on our show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here involved with the John Campus Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Uh, one other little bit of housekeeping, guys. Don't forget, if you need your daily fix of the John Campus Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, there is an audio-only version of this show that we call the John Campus Show Podcast. It's available on all podcasting services. Just go to your favorite podcasting app of choice. Subscribe to the podcast today so the audio version will be there when you need it. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get into one off the top here, shall we, before we get into our main topics here today. And that one off the top is this. Now, because of the pandemic, uh, during 2021, a number of services, it wasn't just Warner Brothers, a number of services decided to experiment with the day and date release model. That the same day we put something out in movie theaters will be the same day we put it up on a streaming service. Warner Brothers had catastrophic, disastrous results, losing hundreds of millions of dollars. But they may not have been the only one. Disney also decided to experiment with it a little bit. Like, they didn't go all out saying, we're going to do this with all of our movies in 2021. They would have lost billions of dollars had they done that. But they decided, we're going to experiment with a couple. Ryan the Last Dragon, maybe a little bit of Cruella. But one of the ones they decided to do with the highest profile one 
that they decided to do it with was Black Widow, which, number one, cost them hundreds of millions of dollars that they had to pay Scarlett Johansson because of a little lawsuit they got involved in over that. But apparently they lost, according to reports, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of other dollars due to piracy. Now, this comes from the folks over at Joe Blow, who are basically giving us report. Now, one of the big concerns a lot of people brought up with the idea of day and date is that, well, there there's instantly a full high 4K quality copy of the movie that everybody just get and they can just put it on the torrent sites and the and pirate sites and everything everybody see. Apparently, that's what happened. Anyway, this comes to us from Joe Blow, who writes the following. The day and date... I love this. The day and date release of Disney Marvel's Black Widow is probably one of the most controversial releases in 2021. The decision to debut the film in theaters and streaming uh, and streaming simultaneously via an added fee for their Disney Plus platform led to reports of muted box office and a lawsuit between Disney and the film star Scarlett Johansson, which we've already talked about. The movie also left the film open to pirating and as deadline reports it costs Disney a pretty penny, and these, if these numbers are to be believed, per deadline, it's claimed that Black Widow was pirated on torrent sites by more than 20 million viewers, which translated to $60 million worth of views. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is this. I don't know what kind of math deadline is using there. If they say the movie was pirated 20 million times, the average, the average movie ticket cost in North America is $10. So by my math, that is still a horrible, but nowhere near as bad. That's a $200 million. Now what I'm guessing they're doing those calculations on is based on that. You had to be, if you wanted to watch it on Disney plus, you had to pay an additional $30 fee. So that's what they're probably doing the math by that. If all of those people who pirated the movie would have bought it on Disney plus, and by the way, you're not buying it. You're renting it. You're renting it for $30. Rented it on, for, for on Disney Plus, then that would have equated $600 million. Obviously, a lot of those people maybe would have gone to the movie theaters instead, which would have been only $10 hit. Maybe some of them wouldn't have watched Black Widow at all, but hey, I can watch it for free. I'll just do it that way. At any rate, they lost a lot of money as a result of this. Now, because look, I know a lot of people who in principle you know, uh, won't watch pirated stuff because it's crap. It's normally a, somebody's cell phone in the thing and it's shaking and the audio sucks. You can hear the guy <laughs> sitting behind him eating popcorn. That's <laughs> the copy. Shut like, up, sit down. All that kind of stuff, right? It's it's crap. And I know a number of people who are like, I'm not going to watch that crap. But a full clean, somebody with Disney Plus gets a full clean 4K capture of it and puts it on torrent sites and away it goes. Now listen, Black Widow's not the first movie to report this. There are a number of the other films that came out too that there was a lot of heavy piracy. And of course we were, and a lot of fans expected that. The thing is, $600 million it was not. It was not $600 million. All right. If it had 20 million piracies, not all of those 20 million people were going to buy it $30 on Disney Plus for 600 million. I mean, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and guess they probably lost closer to maybe 300 million, 200, which is still terrible, which is still absolutely terrible. But it is one of the the new kind of problems they're going to have to face moving forward. I know Kim, you heard this number, this 
They're saying 600. I don't believe for a second it's near 600, but still pretty terrible. What's your reaction? Is it no duh? Are you surprised? What do you think? I'm not surprised. I mean, if you think back to um, Napster and when the internet really got going for us, remember the dial up um, and when the conversation about things that are pirated first started, it was like, oh, we're in a new frontier of things theft. And that's, it's highly unfortunate. And it really sucks. I mean, I'm sure there's numbers out there about Endgame being pirated or something, but it really breaks my heart that the the first like Black Widow film was the most pirated. I'm like, come on. It's very disappointing because I get that some people can't afford to go to the movies. I get that. But if people really knew, it's not just like, oh, well, they got their billions because that I've talked to people who like to pirate stuff. That's their mentality is well, they got their billions. Did you see them on the red carpet? They were wearing a dress that costs as much as my house. But if you think about the little people uh, and not so little people that make this happen, the set designers, the visual effects, the grip, the electrical. Uh, we just went through this where we were um, learning about the strike, the IATSE strike, and how so many people, they're sleeping in their cars because they don't have enough time to go home. You guys, Pirating is not as cool as you think it is. So many people work very, very hard and not everyone on the movie set is getting millions. So who cares if I pirate it? It really hurts the industry. It's really inconsiderate. And whether you like to think of it or not, it's theft and it's not cool. And it, it does also put a whole new spin and perspective on the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. It really does. Because yeah. now, it, now it adds a new dimension. Because when Scarlett Johansson was saying... You putting it on Disney Plus cost me X amount of dollars. We, everybody just thought in terms of, oh, the lost box office due to what people got on Disney. But her point was also, no, by putting it on Disney Plus, you open it up to 20 million copies worth of pirated downloads because they got a pure 4K. And that also hurt me. So it kind of puts her lawsuit, which the, she won. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, the quality is good. It's not... I mean, we can't help yeah. Shaky McShakespeare in the front row. I think I told you when I saw Spider-Man, somebody legit used the flash. Oh, that's right. On the screen <laughs> when I, the second Spider-Man viewing I saw and they had no shame, but I'm like, no, this is a good quality copy. And you, I, I get her point of view. You put me out there with a great copy for pirators to just go for it. You didn't give it a chance. So I really under, I mean, I understood, but I really am feeling the effects of her lawsuit. And I'm even more so like, good for you, girl, that you did it. And good for you, girl, that you won. It is a problem. They're going to have to, I mean, look, streaming is a, is a big, big thing, but it's a big problem that they're going to have to deal with, not just for day and date release movies, but for everything that they do. Have it's you heard that, of any solutions? No. Like some sort of filter that... I mean, it's, the industry encoded. The industry has tried so many different types of encoding and uh, uh, like anti what's what's it called? Uh, DR DRM uh, stuff, digital rights management stuff. And, I mean, there's always ways around it. That first CinemaCon that we went to wasn't Sony like uh, experimenting with that yep. camera that faces the audience and then detecting whenever. Uh, a cell phone is something like that, right? I mean, yeah, it was called like in Eye theater, in the Sky or something. Yeah, something for, like that. In theater, they came up with, because in a lot of screenings that I go to, now all screenings that I've, I go to now, there's always security with these special cameras that if you have a camera lens anywhere on you, their it'll glow like on their cameras. The security will go through you out. That addresses some of the problems of piracy in a theater. 
But what about the piracy of the 4K that you're getting streamed onto your thing for your paid service, and then you take that and put that online? That's a different thing. And a lot of companies have, have experimented with a lot of diff different digital rights management. And within, it feels like every time a new DRM comes out, five minutes later, there's a crack for it. And people know how to do it. So it's going to be a challenge they're facing moving forward. Anyway, guys, the question for you is, what do you think about this? There's no way Black Widow lost $600 million but they did lose in the hundreds of millions about that. Anyway, how do you guys feel about all that? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover on The John Campia Show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Kim. What is our first main topic today? All right, guys, our first main topic is coming from Joseph McRae. Hey, John, Cinema Blend is reporting that the first image of Lady Thor and Thor has been revealed for the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder. What are your thoughts? And bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. I am ridiculously excited for Thor Love and Thunder. Now, my, my number one most anticipated movie of the year. Huh? Huh? That's my number one. <laughs> but after watching the first Thor, which I think the first Thor directed by the great Kenneth Branagh is the second most underappreciated comic book film of all time, only behind Henry's Man of Steel, of course. So I would be excited about a Thor 4 no matter what. But Thor Ragnarok was such a victory that I mean, on every level, it was entertaining. Mm -hmm. Great humor, high stakes amazing action, wonderful portrayals, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, it was that, that is it's the movie. It's birthday. <laughs> that is a movie of win after win after win. It is glorious. And so finding out Taika Waititi was coming back and all that kind of stuff. But one of the more interesting things when they announced they were doing another Thor was that Natalie Portman was going to come back as Jane. And then came out on Comic-Con stage came Taika Waititi with a Mjolnir in his hands and got down on one knee in front of Natalie Portman and presented her with Mjolnir, kind of announcing to the world she was going to be like Lady Thor, the mighty Thor. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. To me, like Thor is Thor. Mm -hmm. Jane is Jane. But, but no John, uh, in the comics, I don't give a shit what's in the comics. Comics, <laughs> the comics, the movies, the movies. But uh, it's Taika Waititi, man. So I trust him. And anyway, we now apparently have gotten our first look at the design concept of what the new costume is going to look like. And let me bring up a, a better image of it here. Um, I got, first of all, what's really interesting is look at Mjolnir. That's the original Mjolnir crackled, yeah, all cracked up, crackled back together again. That's the one I'm guessing. That's the okay, one okay. that's, that's the one Thor's sister destroyed. And it's all been put back together again with bubble gum and crazy glue and crackle. <laughs> and it's all put it's back Lady together. Lady Thor, she got the hot glue going. She got the hot glue going. <laughs> uh, which is kind of interesting to see. Let's first talk about Lady Thor's outfit. And obviously they've portrayed 
Natalie Portman under the mask there. Okay, it's just a drawing. That's hot. <laughs> That's, I know it's just a drawing and all, but that is hot. The armor, the, the classical Asgardian design, the Mjolnir in her hand, the, the winged helmet and all that kind of stuff. It looks awesome. I think it looks great. But then let's not overlook that Thor is rocking a new look too. He's got, because every, of course, every movie, they have to change up the costume because so they can sell new toys. Of course. Yes. So of course. Ray, Ray, you and Rob can start yes. getting your hot toys stuff together. <laughs> so, I mean, I got to say this, I think it looks really great. Now, I am, I'm not a fan of big, bright colors for on-screen superhero costumes. Oh, Ray, you disagree. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Just because Ragnarok, the the colors in Ragnarok were so like awesome. Like I have it's a feeling You're right. this is going to be just as bright, just as uh, cool as the Ragnarok looked. So I'm I'm down with it. It's Ty it's Taiki or Taika. It's Taika. Yeah, Taiki. So, no, let's we'll just call him Taiki. Taiki. Little Taika. Taiki. Trust in Taika. Trust in Taika. But let, I'm I'm saying in the animate or in least the illustrated form. Costume looks pretty damn good. And of course, he's still rocking Stormbreaker there and everything. He's got his hair back. Yeah, he's got that's the full... right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't mind short hair Thor in... Um... Oh my God, so great. Oh, you were where Stan Lee gave him his haircut. I didn't mind the short hair please, on him. I'm yeah, sorry, please, please, please don't cut my hair. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> that was great. But so he's rocking the hair back again. Of course, he had a lot of the hair back in Endgame too. But I mean, uh, and obviously he's got the Thor bod back. You know, fat Thor is gone. Thorbod. I mean, look, I'm not alone, right? They need to have an exercise montage. They need to they need to have a get in shape montage, right? Oh yeah. In this movie. Not because him and Star Lord both, because remember in Infinity War Endgame, they were teasing Star Lord that he was getting kind of uh You're one cushy. sandwich away from <laughs> Oh yeah, you're one what? sandwich away from fat, fat or, something or something like that, whatever it is Rocket said. <laughs> so and we know Chris Pratt's gonna appear in the movie. So yeah. you've got to have some kind of workout montage with some Eye of the Tiger playing or something. <laughs> How much would we love if Groot was like his his trainer oh my and was gosh. like slapping him with the thing faster? <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I am, I am Groot. Groot. I am working hard. <laughs> I'm running as that. fast as I can, damn it. But again, I, I just go back to that. The Lady Thor. I mean, it, it, it is also very reminiscent, again, because it's classic arts guardian. It's kind of reminiscent of, of Sif's. Mm -hmm. outfits that we've seen in older movies and i cannot wait to see lady sif return as well mm -hmm. but uh yeah that looks really good kim yeah. you're taking a look at it. what do you think about it i love it number one what i like and i know i don't want don't write me and be like oh get your feminist bullshit honestly i really like that she has pants on underneath i was i'm not gonna lie to you i was thinking the exact same thing i i like that I because thing, yeah. i think uh, let's let's show her true strength from jane I don't want to see her ass hanging out. And that's easy to do because, I mean, and I'm not, don't go too deep, guys. But, you know, Wonder Woman, her, her costume looks phenomenal, but it's so short. And I know that's the comics and blah, blah, blah. But I really appreciate that she looks sexy head to toe and she doesn't have to have her ass hanging out. But, and uh, I appreciate that. And I like that it looks like it's like leather pants. And I'm like, okay, like get it i think this looks fantastic and that color of red i like that deep crimson color it's a little wonder are you seeing a little wonder in there what do you think about it ray well i'm just saying that there's a different studio if you want that pantless lady thor <laughs> there'll be another studio doing that one, one of the third party somewhere out there probably 
What do you think about the about the look on it? Though? I actually like the blue on Thor. It's a different. It's different. A different color from what we've seen the past couple times we've seen him. So I like change, especially after a while if it gets repetitive. That's and, true. And and her helmet is really cool. I think. Yeah. Like I was just talking to someone in the chat, um, Angel, about how we're gonna buy these action figures when they come out. I'm definitely getting the Natalie Portman, and I'm definitely getting the new Thor for sure. Can I just say, you know, yesterday I was talking about how sometimes it's just unfair, like how it seems like some select few people like a Javier Bardem, a freaking Chris Pratt are just like so good looking. They soak up all the good looking. Natalie Portman has always been one of those too. Like she is such a natural beauty. Yeah, she is. You don't need to put an ounce of makeup on her. No, she is. You don't. So naturally just she's regal. Yeah. That's how I describe it. She's just regal. When you, even when you go all the way back to the professional, (laughs) you could tell when she was young, like, like you look back during the um, Harry Potter 20th anniversary, you look back at young Emma Watson as Hermione. You just knew, man, she's going to be beautiful when she gets older. Like there are some, like you look at my baby pictures, like this dude's got a face for radio, but (laughs) you look at, you look at picture, like, like you look at like young Emma Watson, or you go to the professional, like you look at young, you just all like, they're going to be like incredibly beautiful when they get older. And um, and I'm just looking at the again. I'm just I'm obsessed with this picture. I just think that's a hot picture. That's great. These two powerful, you know, as guardian. Well, she's gonna get some kind of as guardian magic here. Ah, but whatever. Question is for you guys. I like these images. I like them Can't a lot. Wait. What do you guys think of them? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down. Let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Kim, what is our second main topic today? All right, this is coming from William Grant. He says, hey, John and crew. So Sony just released a two minute and 26 second clip of the upcoming Uncharted movie. The action looks great, but some things shown were physically impossible. Did this make you more excited for the movie or worried it might be over the top like Fast 9? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, William. And look, I remember when that one Uncharted trailer came out and we saw Tom Harland like Tom Holland jumping from the crates flying behind the plane and all that kind of stuff. And I remember myself saying... I mean, that just that's just completely unbelievable. That can't happen, blah, blah, blah. And it takes me out of the trailer bit. But then I had like a freaking math professor like write to me. And it's like, actually, John, what he's doing is plausible. That can happen the way it will. Like from a, physics, from a physics point of view, that can happen. And I had a whole bunch of people in the live chat writing to me. Well, actually, John, what they're doing. I'm like, really? Really? Oh, my it, gosh. It I love that. Like kind of too outrageous to me. Anyway, then they put out this clip yesterday that is like the full two-minute scene of that moment that was in that trailer. I was thrilled. Here's here's a really good example. This is a great example of when you know you're really into it. When the clip ended, it was jarring to me because I got so into the clip that I forgot I was just watching a clip. And then it ended, I'm like, oh, Now, I will say this. This is the biggest critique I have of that clip. The biggest critique I have is that, and this happens all the time with visual effects for movie screens, when they're suddenly brought into a small little internet thing and they're rendered out differently, some of the compositing 
for those of you who don't know, a little bit of visual effects. When you hear the term compositing, what does that mean? Compositing is simply this. Let's say I have a picture of this phone in Photoshop, and then I want to make a picture with uh, these icebreaker breath mints in front of it. I'm taking one image, layering something on top of another. That, in a very basic form, is compositing. Okay. That's compositing him. Now, compositing is done in visual effects and video as well. So, obviously, now, I don't want to break the magic for any of you, but Tom Holland didn't actually, I mean, he's not Jackie Chan and he's not Tom Cruise. The, Tom Holland did not he actually didn't. dangle at the back of a plane. I hate totally to break the magic for everybody, he but did. he didn't. So what they do is they take that and then they composite that upon, you know, aerial footage or whatever they have in the background. And I will say this. There were moments we can tell, oh, yeah, this is composited. Mm -hmm. This is right. But I have a feeling when we see it on the big screen, we won't be able to make that distinction. So that criticism aside, I thought it was a thrilling, fun uh, thing. And, it, and it's a scene that's ripped right out of the video games. So I got to tell you what, sign me up. I thought this looked really fun. I have already been excited for this movie. I think this is going to be really good. I mean, who knows? It might be a big bag of crap, but my anticipation that's going to be really good. And this clip just made me even more excited for it. Kim, you had a chance to check it out. What do you think about this little clip from Uncharted? It made me really excited to see the movie. I was like, at first I was like, because it, it was a new clip and I'm like, oh, I already seen this. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, like I was like, I like where this is going and whoever the, the lady is um, that seems to be partners with him um, in it. I was like, OK, she's kicking butt, too. Like, don't sleep on her. Like, what's she doing? Um, I really love the whole scene. I like the sound in it. I kind of love when s action scenes go not go dark, but go sound without sound, like out of nowhere, and then jump back in. Like to me, that makes it, it feels like that roller coaster, that part of the roller coaster where you're going up and you're like levitating out of your seat and then you go back down. I'm excited. I and especially after seeing the other trailer with the ships, right? With the helicopters and the ships. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling Goonies, I'm feeling Indiana Jones, I'm feeling a little Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I'm I'm gonna give this film a good chance. I'm excited. I, I still remember when the the one trailer played and I'm like, all right, there's pirate ships. Oh, there's a flying pirate ship. Oh, there's two flying pirate ships. Oh, they're swashbuckling and swinging from one pirate, like in Earl Flynn days. I mean, I really dug what I saw. By the way, I cannot be the only person. Anybody, any of you guys who've watched me for any period of time, you know, there's a friend of mine who I've done some work with in the past before, Tiffany Smith. I could not. I can't be the only one because, Kim, you were bringing up the girl in the trailer. This yes. might not be the best representation. Let me see if I can find a better one. But you bring up the girl in the trailer that seems to be his partner. I totally had to do a double take because I thought for a second it was actually Tiffany. And for any of you guys who've watched Tiffany stuff, I'm trying to see for those of you guys who might not know Tiffany. I'm going to try to find a better picture of her that might kind of represent it. But anyway, because this, I mean, this image of Tiffany doesn't look like the girl in the thing, but it was I not the only one who thought that was Tiffany? Come on. Some of you guys had to think that was Tiffany. By the way, Tiffany was also the host of DC Fandom this year. She was like uh, the host of DC Fandom. So, because she's killing it. But I totally thought it was Tiffany Smith at first. Uh, good to see that it wasn't. All right. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think about this 
uncharted clip. I actually thought it was really good. Maybe you didn't think it looked all that special. Did the whole thing about the compositing problem that I had, did that stand out to you too? Did maybe you didn't notice it at all? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. And guys, before we get into main topic three, let's take a second and hear from the sponsor of today's show, stamps.com. Hey guys, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video, stamps.com. Now, whether you are a small business owner, have a side hustle selling stuff online, maybe you just like to share things back and forth with your friends, good news, stamps.com is going to help you out a lot. Because if you're anything like me, there are many times in my life that I didn't send something to a friend of mine or I didn't want to sell something online simply because I didn't want the hassle and expense of having to ship stuff out. And for those of us here at the John Campion Show, stamps.com is going to be huge for us in 2022 because we've been doing more giveaways like shirts, you know, pops and other things. And we plan on doing a lot of that. And that's just wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for stamps.com. And for people like us, stamps.com is a godsend because it lets you print out official postage right from your computer so you can spend less time at the post office and more time running your business or sharing things with the people in your life. And stamps.com doesn't just give you access to the U.S. Postal Service, it also works with UPS now right from your computer. And you can get discounts that you cannot get anywhere else, like up to 40% off the United States Postal Service rates and 76% off UPS. So right now, head on over to stamps.com and go up to that microphone up in the corner, click on that and enter the promo code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A. This will give you a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts required at all. And now, let's get back to the video. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? All right, this comes from Steve Calderon. Variety reports the HFPA failed to book any celebrity pre presenters for the 2022 Golden Globes this Sunday. Despite changes made from the HFPA, Hollywood still continues to boycott them. What is the point of moving forward with the event if none of the winners show up to accept the award? Are the Golden Globes officially done? All right. Thanks a lot for sending in that question, man. And yeah, look, a little bit of context, just so there's no misunderstanding. <laughs> I have always thought the Golden Globes are a joke. I have always thought they are. Unlike, for those of you who've never heard me explain this before, unlike the Academy Awards, which are 7,000 plus members, all connected and involved in the film industry from actors, writers, directors, cinematographers, set designers, musicians, agents, executives, blah, all people who work in the film industry or connected on a high level to the film industry, a member of a huge voter base, 7,000 plus voting members of the Academy Awards. The Golden Globes, at my last count, it's probably changed a little bit, but at my last count, 77 members who are film journalists who live in the United States but work for a foreign film publication or a foreign, foreign publication. I... Technically speaking, back in the day when I was doing the movie vlog, I technically qualified for the Hollywood Foreign Press. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, because I was Canadian, living in Los Angeles, but the movie blog was a Canadian thing. So anyway, not that they invited me to join. 
<laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. dramatically rejected that. What is the Marx Brothers uh, once said? I would never be a member of a club that would have somebody like me as a member. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so all that. And so, like, to me, this has always been a joke. They've, they've always been considered the second most important awards. And to me, I have no idea why. However, they have always put on the best show. They, they, I mean, they put on a more entertaining show than the Oscars. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, the Oscars are far more important, but the, the Golden Globes do put on a better show. A very entertaining, fun, laid back show. I've always enjoyed it. But the awards themselves are a joke. Now, the Hollywood Foreign Press, the people who put on the Golden Globes, they got themselves into some hot water for a couple of different reasons. One of the advantages of a 7,000 voter based member like the Academy Awards has is that you can't buy the awards then. You can't influence 25 people and have that make any difference in awards voting because the voting base is so big. Even if you took 100 people and gave them $10,000 each, that's a drop in the bucket of the voter base. It's not. It's probably not going to swing the vote either way. It it's, it's basically insulates itself from that kind of influence, right? Mm. The Hollywood Foreign Press, however, only being 77 voter members, you take 20 people on a Bahama cruise with the stars of the film for a weekend mm -hmm. and then give them $10,000 goodie bags. Guess what? That's like 30% of the voting base. That's going to give you your wins. Plus on top of that, everybody's known for years that the Hollywood foreign press nominates people based on who they think will they then come to their show. There's that one year they nominated the Johnny Depp, um, not the tourist, the tourist. Thank you. Oh God. They nominate the tourist, which is a terrible movie. They nominate tourists for best picture because that meant Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie would be there. And they've done that every single year to the whole joke about their musical or comedy category, which means there's a popular movie we want to have represented, but we it doesn't actually deserve to be represented. Shove it into the hall. And they've nominated films in the in the comedy and musical category before that have no business being comedies or musicals. But then with all those problems bubbling under the surface, and then there was that one, I think it's a Netflix show, like Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. I was going to say was, Sarah in Paris. Yeah, it was ridiculous right? what they did. That, you know, it started getting all these nominations and all the film and TV so critics wrong. everywhere was like, wait a minute, how are you nominating Emily in Paris? Oh, because like 40 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press oh. were, the, were guests on set. And look, set visits are a normal thing in the business. There's nothing weird about a set visit. The set visits they got were not like what regular press get at set visits, okay? So they had these, This they were all flown out to Paris. They're all given golden kind of treatment for a couple of days and the expensive goodie bags and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I've gone on set visits, but you're flying coach, you're in for about six hours, you get a cold buffet lunch, and then they pack you back on to coach again and fly you home. It's a different thing. But they had like 30, 40 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. And then all of a sudden, this TV show that almost all television critics say is not that good got all the all the awards attention, right? But none of that was even the main problem. That was all the stuff bubbling under the surface that people like me have been complaining about for a long time. But everybody else just overlooked it. But then a report came out. I think it was the Hollywood Reporter that put out the report. It might have been Variety, so I, I, I could be corrected. That basically said, oh, yeah, you know that out of the 77 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press, not one black representative. 
Not one. And all of a sudden, then people took notice. Then people went like, wait, wait, what now? Look, I've said before, you got a group, you got a team of five people. Guess what? Maybe they will all be white. Maybe they will all be Asian. I mean, whatever. It's five people. It's not much. You got a team of 10 people and they're all the same. Well, then you start going, you get a group of 77 and no representation at a 77. Like it, that, that goes beyond like that becomes clearly there is an agenda of exclusion. Once you get over 15, it's highly questionable. Once you get over 50, okay, look, there's clearly an agenda of exclusion here. There's clearly an agenda of exclusion. And then once people took notice of that, then everybody started poking holes at all the other stuff that we've been complaining about for years. And all of a sudden, NBC drops the Golden Globes. They're not going to be carried. And then, you know, everybody else speaks out about them. So they they promise we're going to have make some changes. We're going to we're going to revisit who and how we get we add new members. And they did add new members and all that kind of stuff. But apparently too little too late because the Golden Globes, despite the fact that they were able to get Snoop Dogg to announce the <laughs> nominees with tick, tick, boom. And what they call what they call Ben Affleck again? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Only Snoop Dogg can get away with that. He can do it and make it look cool. But, you know, so they announced the nominations. Well, apparently, according to a report in Variety, they have not been able to get anybody to agree to appear on the show to even be presenters. This comes to us again from Variety who writes, there will be no celebrity presenters when the Hollywood Foreign Press Association announces this year's Golden Globe winners on January 9th. Variety has obtained a copy of an email from the Globe's talent booker that was sent to several publicity agencies inquiring about their clients participating in the show. However, sources say no celebs have agreed to take part. No details were provided about how the winners will be revealed or where the Globes will take place. If I'm not mistaken, I think Lord. it happens in like four days. Doesn't the Globes happen on the 9th? I could be wrong about that, but I think it happens on the 9th. On Sunday. Yeah, so Sunday. it does. It happens on, on Sunday. So no information about where they're being held, how they're presenting them. I don't know if any of the nominees are going to show up. So the question that our viewer brings up, are the Golden Globes done? It's a fair question because if you're already a questionable organization, and then the only thing that makes you look important is that all the celebrities show up to your stuff. And now none of the celebrities are showing up. Well, are you done? I would say this. I would love for them to be done. I've wanted that for years. I would love for the Golden Globes to be finished. But to be fair, I don't think they are done quite yet. I don't think they're done quite yet. This is their first year of trying to mount a show since all the the tornado, if you will, mm -hmm. of controversy. Give them another year. Because listen, for all I like, maybe the Hollywood Forum Press over the next year will go, okay, look, we not only need to grow a little bit, we need to have minimum 400 voting members. We can't do it with 70 voting members anymore. We need to insulate from corrupting influences. We need a larger voting base. So let's really open it up. 
Let's invite more people to participate. Let's diversify the types of voices that we have in our room. Let's do this and let's work hard over the next year to really do that. If they do that, there is a chance, a chance that next year we may have another Golden Globes and this one might be a little bit attended. I, I don't know that it will, but I'm saying if they do that. No, I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to make any of those changes. I don't think they're going to do the things they need to do to repair their reputation, all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to happen. But is there a chance? I think there is. And if they do, Godspeed. If they do, God bless them. I, I think that would be great if they did. If they addressed a lot of those concerns, get get rid of the stupid best musical or comedy. Um, the get, Martian. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The Martian was listed as a musical it's totally, or comedy. It totally should have won an award. I don't care what award because that's my favorite movie of all best, time. Best Matt Damon movie of the year. The Martian. He so, laughs He laughs by himself in a, in a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yes, The Martian was nominated as a musical or comedy. Come on. So like, if they, if they spend this year fixing a lot of things, I say God bless. I, I think they can they can still turn this thing around. You're missing the whole point here, John. Uh-oh. This could be the year. What year? That you get a Golden Globe <laughs> for movie trailers. A love, a love story. story. That's right. That's Tell them you'll be there. Tell them you'll be there. Listen. You'll get it. Ladies and gentlemen of the Hollywood Foreign Press, <laughs> I know all these other pretend celebrities are saying they won't come to your show. Well, guess what? <laughs> the man. <laughs> the man. Will come to your show. People I will come. come to your show. Ray Orr will walk in front of me with a boombox announcing my arrival. I will walk down your red carpet as empty as it is. And I will sit in that front stage as you announce best documentary, movie trailers, a love story. As you announce best drama, mu movie trailers, a love story. <laughs> as you comedy. announce best comedy or musical, movie trailers, a love story. We'll kick the p pigeons and tumbleweeds away. <laughs> we'll get through all the mess and we'll take that award. Right? And that's right. And suddenly, I will lovingly caress your hair <laughs> and give you a hot injection of credibility. Yes. Hot injection. That's what I this will our year. This is hot our this year. This is the only year we could do this. So there you go. There's your out, Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> There's your out. I'm it. That's how bad things have gotten. I'm your lifeline. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, Kim. What do you think about uh, the current? Well, but in all honesty, are the Globes done? Like, is, is this the last we're going to hear of the Golden Globes at this point? Or do you think that they could soldier on? What do you think? Personally, I think they're done. <laughs> wow. The comparison I make, honestly, I think when you move away from value and get into pay to play, um, it decreases the value of that award. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why, why, and I'm not saying this hasn't happened at the Globes, but there's a reason why at the Academy Awards, people are shaking and crying. And I mean, you're seeing these stars just come undone because this is a prestigious award. And I know this with our audience is kind of a, a weird analogy, but I used to do high-end weddings and events for like 13 years. So like the budgets I worked with were like mm, a million to two and a half million dollars. And some hotels, they were so exclusive, you had to prove yourself to be on their list to, right. yeah. for them to refer them to your brides. Because I've worked with Saudi Arabian royalty. I've worked with people to this day. I still cannot say that I worked on their wedding. Just the high end of the high end. It was insane. How was Kanye the amount of money. And, and Kim Kardashian's wedding? Because you clearly did that one, right? 
Were you there? You did. Oh, she's just smiling at me. That's not a good. I've sign. done. I've done a lot of things that I. The NDA still stands to this day. Got it. I can tell you, I did one of the housewives. I don't have an NDA for that. Um, but on that level, there started to become this trend of pay to play, where we would go into the St. Regis, we'd go into um, Waldorf Astoria, we'd go into certain venues and go. Wait, why is this person who just started on this list? AKA Emily in Paris. Um, right. Why is this person that hasn't had the time to prove themselves to be among these prestigious professionals here? Oh, they changed it. If you pay X amount of dollars, you can be on our exclusive list. Yeah. And that was BS because the brides didn't know the difference, AKA us, the audience. <laughs> and so I, I feel like that will catch up to you when you are lacking in true value, when your jewels are fake, and someone bites down on them and the glass breaks, they're going to notice that. And I feel like that's what's happening here. And I think it's really disgusting that, um, you know, these awards mean a lot to people. You know, I know some people, oh, it's just a statue. They mean a lot to people. And the fact that you are even allowing yourself to be flown to Paris, if you had integrity, you wouldn't do it. If you had integrity, you'd say, you know what, let me see the show. Let me see the film. Let me give my opinion and then let me vote based on that. You don't go to Paris and have this extravagant vacation and then all of a sudden, how uh, be transparent, have integrity. To me, they're just low in integrity and I have no time or respect for that. I'm not going to watch it like I have in the past now that I know the BS that they're, um, they're, they're operating in. And I hope it is over. I hope another um, award show that has some integrity will come up. Because I got to tell you, I do love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler on the oh, Golden Globes. There's nothing more. The moments. So good. If you just watch a video of their moments, one comedy genius. But I love that they had a venue to display we are comedic improv geniuses, and yeah. here we go. I'll miss that. I really will. And Ricky Gervais, really, when, Ricky Gervais, when Gervais just would host it and stuff fools. like that. Oh my gosh! But you know what? I want to see someone else that is uh, organically diverse. Now I was reading an article. They they have we have six new black members. We have six new black members. I would like to know if nobody told you how starving you were for authenticity, would you have changed? Oh yeah, yeah. Did if, you did if you stop cheating on your girlfriend because you felt bad or because or she you got caught you? Caught. Yeah. And so right now, I don't care if you make an African tribal king your new president <laughs> of your of your organization. It's not authentic. You have no organic integrity, and for that, I say a good day, sir. I, I would say I, I'll disagree with you on one thing: that I don't believe going on those trips is a lack of integrity. Like, first, I, I know there's another body called the 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 Critics' Choice, right? Um, with the uh, with the Critics' Organization. That's different from the Hollywood Foreign Press, right? And I know a lot of people on that. I, I've been invited to be on that one. I know a lot of people on that one. And there was a movie that was doing their press in Hawaii. And they flew everybody out there, and they gave them a great time, and all that kind of stuff. But here's the difference. Ain't none of them voted for that movie. 
they were able to go and say, hey, you 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 want to. It's a fam trip. Yeah, you, you want to go yeah. and highlight your picture. Us. You want to show off your movie to us. You want to give us some behind the scenes looked and and sh- let us see the place where it was shot. That's all great. With that. Integ- see, I think integrity is not about did somebody invite you to a set visit. Integrity is, did you allow that set visit to influence if you voted for it or I not? I agree. And I'm, that with Emmeline Paris, that clearly got I in agree. the way. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I feel like if, 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 if it's an exchange for is what I mean. I'll clarify. If you're saying, look, if you look upon us favorably, yes, there's a we'd for love to invite you. Uh, like, again, in the wedding industry, they called it, I think it was a fam trip where like a new resort opens and they would invite, you know, the wedding planners or the, the decision makers. Everything would be paid for. We'd have the best chefs. We'd have the best decor. And they basically want to showcase. But at the end of the day, if we're talking, me and the coordinators are saying, I really didn't like their service. I don't like how long it took for me to get a drink. I don't want my guests to go through that. I'll come on your trip, but if I don't have a good experience, I'm not going to bring my my clientele there. So I'm fine with that. But it's the understanding of now you do know if you get on this plane, we're going to expect yes, a little. Once, yeah, once that's, that's there. what I detest. Yeah. And then that's clearly Emily in Paris became kind of the match point that set it off that that's exactly what the Golden Globes have done. And you can miss me with that. Yeah. And uh, And yeah. So anyway, guys. Question is for you. Ain't nobody agreed to go and be a presenter at the Golden Globes this year, let alone host it. They don't have a host this year. Uh, Do you think the Golden Globes are done or do you think there is still time for them to maybe make a course correction? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Kim. What is our fourth main topic today? All right. Chispy Cream says, <laughs> <laughs> I just finished Book of Boba Fett's newest episode and holy sweet George Lucas, I loved it. I don't quite understand why, but that ending made me emotional. I suppose it was simply beautiful. So did this episode convert you? Will you continue reading the good book of Boba Fett? I can't wait to learn more about the gladiator as he was called. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. I'll just tell you this. If you know the comic books, that I'm not going to give anything away in a spoiler in this, but a character shows up and 95% of you are going to have no idea who he was. None. I am waiting and fell asleep last night before Boba Fett starts, so she hasn't seen it yet. When her break starts, she's going to go watch last night's episode. And I am waiting to hear the squeal because Anne's going to squeal. She's part of the 5%. They're going to know right away who the gladiator is. And people are going to, and if you know the comics, you're going to freak out a little bit. Never been referenced in a TV show or movie before. Like I said, 95, maybe 98% of you are going to have no idea who it is. It's just somebody else, but it's a pretty big thing. I will say this last night's book of Boba Fett, was a marked improvement over episode one. Good. That's good. It, to, I'm encouraged. I'm glad. To, uh, John, I was so nervous this morning. I was like, because I watched it, but I'm like, oh my God, what is he going to say? How is he going to feel? I, uh. I thought it was, but it still has a couple of flaws. Here's the thing. Some of this, basically this week's episode, again, without going into spoilers, this week's episode is broken into two different parts. One part, What's going on in which town are they in? Is it Mos Espa? Is that where they are? Anyway, for argument's sake, I'm going to say it's Mos Espa. So the events happening in Mos Espa 
And then the flashbacks with his Dances with Wolves going on with the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> right? I'm not as interested in that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not terribly interested in the whole Tuscan Raider part. But it was actually, there's some pretty good moments in that last night. Here's what I was said. That first episode was badly put together. There were elements of episode two that should have been cut out of episode two and made a part of episode one that would have made episode one feel like a more complete thing. And then maybe take episode two and just focus on his dances with wolves with the Tusken Raiders. Because that probably would have felt a little bit more cohesive. It would have felt like it flowed from episode one, which focused on this, then episode two, which focused on that. And I feel like both episodes would have felt more complete had they done it that way. That being said, episode two is still a marked improvement over episode one. Things actually happened in episode two. Um, I thought there were definite moments like just see, seeing Boba Fett like, basically, again, no spoilers, putting someone in their place, you know, and all that kind of stuff. The little surprises, uh, again, even though I don't like the Tuscan Raider part of the storyline, I found it actually quite watchable last night. So I find myself today far more enthusiastic about okay. about Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, than I was after episode one. Because after, I'm not going to lie, and I still stand by this. Episode one was not good. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. Episode two was good. And, but I still feel like they should have scalpeled out the Moss Espa stuff out of episode two, made that a part of episode one, made it feel like a more complete episode, and then just focused on the the heist aspect with the Tusken Raiders in, in episode two. But that being said, it's definitely to me shows that Book of Boba Fett is going in the right direction. My enthusiasm is renewed. I had a good time watching it. And now I'm really excited for episode three. Now I'm really excited, but I, uh, well, we're not quite one third of the way done. This is seven episodes, not six. So I'm kind of on board. Kim, you and I have not talked about the show yet. No, we haven't. From the moment you walked in today, we did not talk about this episode. What did you think about this episode of Book of Boba Fett? Um, when it started out, I was nervous because I was like, all right, let's let's get this going. And I was like, but you know what? I, I feel like this is slow, but I like it. And I was rooting for it and I wanted to pick up. And, and then the more and more I watched, I sat back and was like, OK, OK, hmm. All right, okay. There was some stuff um, with the the sand people. I don't know what their name is. The Tuscan Raiders. Thank you. The Tuscan, the sand folk. Uh, the Tuscan Raiders. That to me was a bit slow. Uh, Could have sped that up a little bit. However, the relationship and the story there, it really did touch my heart. And then I liked. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but there, yeah, I I'm glad you explained that because I'm in that 95% of people that did not read the comic and I do not know who that person was. All I know is that um, it did make me very excited and uh, I guess I'll wait till people watch it so I talk about it but I'm like oh my god who's that? I've seen that. Oh what? Oh my goodness. Oh I love great. this. Yes I. it's so hard to describe it you guys without giving it away, but it made me excited because um, I'll tell you tomorrow why, why it made me so excited, but it gave me hope when the episode closed, I, I did a good nod and was like, okay. By the way, okay. and I learned, look, it's, it's episode hard. Three, let's, let's get it. Let's, let's, I want some more. <clears throat> I, I want a little bit more. It was a bit slow for me, but I, I am, I'm like, yes, 
it's official. I'll get up. I'll set my alarm. By the way, it is hard for me. It's not every day that I learn something new about Star Wars. <laughs> you? Yeah. It's it's not every day that you can that you can introduce something to me that's like I never knew that about Star Wars, but there was something about that. Apparently, Tuscan Raiders' favorite movie is Children of the Lesser God because who knew that the Tuscan Raiders are fluent in sign language? That, 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 that's, I, I, mean, I don't want to go into the details, but I'm like, all of a sudden, Boba Fett, I won't give what's happening in it, but Boba Fett's like, oh, he needs to communicate with the Tuscan Raiders. How's he going to communicate? And he starts doing sign language. I'm like, what the fuck did the Tuscan Raiders know sign language? That wasn't even sign language, John. That was more like baseball plays. <laughs> yeah. Like that, don't disrespect sign language like that because that wasn't sign language. That they were playing, they're playing baseball in the desert. That's all it was. It was like you run to second base when Bunt gets put down to the pitcher. Like I'm like, like a whole sentence with one gesture, right? Yes, that's that. That was the thing that like I was like, what do you say? Okay, all right. If That's I could so do that, funny. I'll just be moving all day long. Like, F you or, or whatever. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, it's not a big deal. I don't care. It's, it's, but I just remember thinking, well, this is kind of funny. He suddenly, first of all, when did Boba learn sign language? And then when did when did the Tuscans learn sign language? But whatever. People it, are pointing out that they did do sign language. A little and- bit in Mandalorian, yes. But, but it was like, where did Boba Fett, like, all of a sudden... He's I don't, maybe maybe they're trying to show how much time has passed, how much how long he's been with them. I get that if that's what they're trying to do, trying to show. But man, those pajamas need to get washed then, because yeah. that's a long time. <laughs> I agree, but if you really wanted to show passage of time, just have them talk to him and him go. Well, yeah, I know the rock is heavy. I'm going to there like, you go. They, they've done that in a lot of different things, right? Just maybe do that. I don't know. Whatever. It is a nitpick. All right. It's a nitpick. It's not a big deal. Okay. It's a nitpick. I just thought it was funny when I was watching that. But uh, yeah. Oh God, I want to talk about really the character about that it. showed up. Can we talk about tomorrow? Yeah, we can talk about okay, tomorrow. Okay, good. Because that we was. Can- I, I literally like, cause you know, it's late when I watch it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to wake up the kid. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to wake anyone up, but I got so excited. I, I will say John, that I am continue going to continue watching this at midnight. It's, it's gotten that for me at least. Good. You know what I mean? Like the intro was yeah. the intro pulled me in right away uh, towards the end. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, the intro pulled okay. me in right away. Uh, the int- Yes. The intro pulled me in right away too. I'm going to do this, okay? I'm going to do this. For those of you who didn't watch the episode, this won't mean anything to you, but I'm going to give you a hint about the character, okay? I'm just going to show this. <laughs> this is Your Anne character. Campia. This is Anne Campia. Oh, that's so cute. Now, now, now I'm not saying that Dr. Afra, some of you might recognize Anne as Dr. Afra. I'm not saying Dr. Afra is in, is in this. She's not. Dr. Afra is not. But I'm just saying this is a little bit of a of a hint, a little bit of a hint that of uh, what's, t- oh, I almost show, I almost brought up a picture. John, that- oh, no, no, just stop, just stop, let's just stop. Let's pictures. just stop right now. Let's just stop right now. <laughs> he pulls up get too excited and things go wrong. Ford. <laughs> Your excitement Sorry. brings everything wrong. <laughs> but do you know Anne's Dr. Afra? Hold on, let me bring this up. Anne's, oh, no. <laughs> Anne's Dr. Afra. 
was so good was so good that starwars.com contacted her and asked if they could do a feature of her dr afra cosplay so Anne was featured on starwars.com awesome i didn't know that oh yeah keeping stuff from me and then there's there's a cover there is a cover of one of the dr afra comic books that i swear they saw Anne and just sketched Anne on the top of the comic. I don't know if you saw me talk about that before, but it was like, no, I got to see all un- this. Yeah, you, it was, it was uncanny. It was uncanny. Anyway, That's I thought so Boba cool. Fett episode two was absolutely a turn in the right direction. Uh, again, I thought if they had sliced out the Monster Aspa stuff, put that in episode one, episode one would have felt more complete and this would have felt really complete. But still, mm. some really cool stuff, lay some groundwork for some things that could be coming in episodes three, four, and five, and six, and seven. Very excited about it. Loved what I saw. Question is for you guys. What did you think about episode two of the Book of Boba Fett? I thought it was a big step up from episode one, but that's just me. What do you guys think about it? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that all down, we're now going to go over and start taking your live comments. If you guys have a live comment or something you want to throw in and you're watching live, we're going to leave the Super Chats open for a few more minutes. Just go ahead and use the Super Chat feature there in the YouTube live chat. Or again, of course, if you're watching this show any other time other than when we're streaming live, go ahead and use the tip link down in the description of this video and send it in there. So, Kim, what have people been writing in? This is coming from Cutter Hale. He says, I may be the only one, but Jackass Forever is definitely in my top five most anticipated movies of the year. With all the Jackass movies, they're hilarious. I'm actually not a big Jackass fan. You're not? But Jackass 3, I thought was great. And then they announced this new one, right? Like, not really interested. Like, I I thought 3 was fantastic. I wasn't really interested. That uh, the, the novelty's done. It's done, boys. You're you're, you're done. Just move on. Kind of like what they should have done with Matrix Resurrections. Just move on. But then at CinemaCon a few months ago, they showed us a bunch of the new Jackass. What's it called? Jackass Forever. I believe so. It's Jackass Forever. I would be boldface lying to you if I didn't tell you I was laughing my guts out. Like I was laughing my guts out. So I am with you, Cutter. I'm actually really kind of looking forward to to this. What about you? You guys looking forward to Jackass? Either of you two? I can't do the cringe pain stuff anymore. Oh, I just can't. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I, I just can't do it anymore. It, it makes my stomach hurt. I don't know. I don't oh, know. True story. True story. I for, for about two months, I was on this real kick on YouTube of watching nature videos, including especially cheetahs. I don't know why I just love cheetahs and cheetahs hunting and stuff like that. (laughs) And Ray came walking downstairs as I was eating lunch. And I had this thing of cheetah, like killing a gazelle and the gazelle was, "Ah!" and like Ray was like, no, I can't see this. Like Ray had to leave the room. Oh my God. He's a very sensitive soul. And I, and I hate when I have to use your YouTube because the top videos are, something killing another animal <laughs> and just the cries of help i'm like come on man just mute it at least the it's just help. the cries for help it hasn't just... been like that for like six months yeah it hasn't been like that because i i was on a little bit of a kick for a bit but i i just like the hunting videos of the animals but ray is a sensitive soul just to he animals is. man ever since for i animals, fell in love yeah. with dogs Such an animal i can't like i said in, in one of the movies and any movie that i see if there's a dog involved i'm like if this dog dies in a brutal way i'm out I, I don't care if I like the movie or not. I'm leaving. What about John Wick? Um, That one. 
was you stuck around for vengeance. Vengeance. You wanted to see vengeance because you could tell the adrenaline <laughs> was going up, and I was like, if they, if John Wick just forgets about this dog and just goes on with his happy life, I would have left. <laughs> it's like, oh well, I'll get another. No, dog. No, there was there was meaning there, but yeah, anytime an animal is abused or something. I, I or not abused, but, it's but nature. That's just nature, man. I know, I know. That's where I, I don't nature, know. It's man. just the cries for help is like bothers me for some reason. Why? You know, All right, jump through the screen. Let's move on. What's next? Andy says tracksuit. Ma- oh God, tracksuit mafia. Here's our most hype 2020. Oh no, films. this is gonna become a thing now. Okay. Oh my God, the bros, <laughs> the bros burger movies, jackass bro ever, bro Adam, fantastic bros, the secret. <laughs> You guys, the secrets of Dumbro Dumb Door. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'll give you that one. The secrets Dumb of Dumbro Door. I will give you that one. That's that one's pretty good. Jurassic World, Bromanian, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Tracksuit Mafia, Bro Panther, Wakanda Bro Ever, Tracksuit Morbius, Downtown Abro, <laughs> A New Era, Brobalon, the Bro Man starring Campia's voice, Twilight Bro, and Twilight the Bros. Bro. The actual title for the film being direct, directed by Nicholas Stoller. Which of these bro films of 2022 do you look forward to the most? Also, if someone can make a poster of these, well, that would be cool. I, I, I will. Uh, those are all cringy, but the, all of it was worth it. It was so worth it. All of it was worth it for the secrets of Dumbrodore. <laughs> I, 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 I'll give you that one. I need to see Jude Law in a tracksuit. I will give you that the whole thing was worth it just for the secrets of Dumbledore. I gotta, I gotta ask, was it official? Like, did we see the Adidas logo on their tracksuit? Was it official? Because I'm know. searching. Question. I will be searching. Because one day I will walk in here. I'm not lying. <laughs> Full shaved head, tracksuit, fake gold chain that turns my neck yellow. I'm coming in, baby. I think I know. And I will do the whole show like that. Our group Halloween um, outfit for Wolf for That's what we're going to do. Let's get those suits before they go up in price. All right. What's next? Arun Babaraj says MCU theory. Whosoever holds this hammer, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor, was Odin's spell. Rogers and Thor are only truly worthy as they can summon lightning. Vision is not hashtag elevator. I have no idea what that means. Um, but uh, look, they're like when, of course, at the end of Age of Ultron, when they see Vision is holding the hammer, it cuts. It was a good gag. It was a really good that gag. Was great. But there was a very good theory proposition there. It's like he's an android. Maybe it doesn't count towards androids, right? So there's there's that one too. All right, what's next? Hardik Dave says, Yo, John, have you heard the news of Sony has acquired Maj Stake and in India's second largest entertainment company, Z Entertainment? This marks the end of Triopoly of Star India. Previously, Fox is now Disney's Z and Sony. I was not familiar with that. But look, look, I do know this. All the major players are making plays in India. That is a massive entertainment network. That's a, a network. I mean, a massive entertainment market, like massive. And so I am not surprised to hear Sony making moves. Like, remember, everybody forgets. What was it, about seven years ago? Maybe it was six. Sony got in a lot of trouble. They were in financial difficulties. There was even thoughts at the time of selling off their movie division and all that kind of stuff. Then they got in a new CEO. 
And the new CEO is like 100% committed to movies. He's a huge movie fan, blah, blah, blah. And they have been making some very good moves in the last number of years. And I'm not, so I didn't hear about this one, but I'm not surprised to hear it. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale says, just wanted to say, I really enjoy the companion videos. They help get me through the part of my day, uh, the first part of my day and make getting up at 5 a.m. worth oh, it. Thanks so much for that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, because... The the companion videos do tend to go up later because I, I, I have other work to do during the day and then I finally get around to doing them. Maybe I post them around 10, 11, sometimes 12 at night my time, which is like 3 a.m. in other places in the country. So yeah, some people, they wake up and like the first thing they have there is one of the companion videos. So thank you for that, man. I have a lot of fun doing them and I appreciate that very much. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, how embarrassing is it for Rise of Skywalker that Doolittle can win a Kids' Choice Award but it can't. Even <laughs> kids thought it sucked. JJ should be ashamed. Well, don't forget, John Redcorn. Every other movie that year didn't win the Kids' Choice Award either. Right? Like none of them did. They should all be ashamed. <laughs> kids' Choice Awards. All right, what's next? Raymond Reddington says, thoughts about Jodie Comer leaving Kitbag? Yeah, I heard about this. So leaving, um, she's no longer going to be attached to that Napoleon uh, project. She left. Now, from what I understand, she left for COVID-related scheduling conflicts. Mm. So either she herself got COVID and she's not available to start shooting or somebody else, whatever. This doesn't sound like one of those typical scheduling conflicts excuses. This sounds kind of specific. So uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, she's got she's on a rocket trajectory right now with her career. By the way, if you haven't seen her in Free Guy. See her in Free Guy. If you haven't seen her in Killing Eve, watch Killing Eve. But uh, she's still going to be rocketing. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, just got a No Way Home t-shirt that has the really good line on it with the silhouette of the character that says the line. Bought it on Amazon. Oh, I I, I know what you say on the line. That, that was like, you can get some really cool stuff on Amazon. Always keep your eyes open for what you can get there. Nice one, Sam. All right, what's next? Tough Ale says Belfast delayed in UK from January 26th to February 25th. Yeah, like right that whole time frame, right around when Morbius got moved as well. I think you're probably going to see a couple of other projects. Not, I don't think we're going to see everything getting bumped, but I do think there's a certain window of time there where you're going to see some bumping happening. All right, what's next? I rock, therefore I am, says from yesterday, Buffalo has a Tim Hortons on almost every corner. If the crew, nice. if the crew ever comes to Western New York, medium double doubles are on me. Go Bill. I, I knew they were in Buffalo. I knew they were in Buffalo. I didn't know how pr predominant they were in Buffalo. That's good to hear. Tim Hortons, it's a temple. All right, what's next? Raymond Verrata sends in a uh, super chat and he says, Jason Aaron said in 2014, this is not she Thor." It's not Lady Thor. It's not Thorita. This is Thor. This is the Thor of the Marvel Universe. Completely irrelevant. Comics are the comics. The movies are the movies. You know, like if I look one of these days, a John Campish, it's never happened. But one of these days, a John Campish show is going to happen when I can't be here. And whoever it is, it's probably going to be Ray sitting in this chair. <laughs> I, I'm not saying you're going to host it, Ray. Don't get, don't panic. <laughs> but like, it'll probably be Ray sitting here controlling the show, which I'm going to have to teach him how to do. Like, so whether it's Kim sitting and sitting as the main host or Rob's the main host of that day or somebody else is the main host of that day, they don't suddenly become John Campia. They're filling John Campia's role, but they're not John Campia. Thor is Thor. But anyway, yes, it does not matter. It's irrelevant what they do in the comics. It's only matter what they're doing in the movie. And I don't think they're going to say Jane is now Thor. Thor is Thor. Thor is Thor. She may be the new bearer of Mjolnir or whatever. It'll be interesting to see what they do, though. It will be interesting to see what they do. All right, what's next? 
Giovanni Velasquez says, film everyone slept on, Waves 2019. Go check it out. I can't Waves. remember off the top of my head which one that, that is. Look that one up for me. I, I can't just tell me who's in it. I might be able to remember it. All right, well, who's next? Cutter Hale says, John, you're not alone. I too am super pumped for Morbius and Uncharted. I'm a big fan of the Uncharted game, so I'm excited, but also nervous. I hope it's great. Yeah, I mean, look, there's of course, there is big potential. This movie could suck. Of course. But I think Sony has been doing some really good things lately. And I like the casting of Tom Holland. And I like Mark Wahlberg as a, a, a younger Sully as well. And I think the trailers have been wonderful. And I'm I'm full speed ahead on it. I mean, look, it might be crap. And if it's crap, it's crap. But right now, I've got enthusiasm for it. All right, what's next? Okay, Waves was directed by Trey Edward Schultz. It oh, uh, starred Kelvin Harrison Jr., Lucas Hedges, Taylor Russell. It doesn't look familiar to me. Ah, uh, it does not oh, sound familiar to I me. I think it's it's his um I think they lost their mother, if I'm correct, and he started acting out. It's like a coming of age. Yeah. He's a teen, started acting out. His dad really had to like reel him back in. It's got some father son stuff in there. All right. I think. Sounds interesting. What's next? Sam Fisher says episode two was the most Dune I've ever seen Star Wars. Um yes, it, it kind of was <laughs> in many ways. They they met the Fremen. <laughs> I've been calling them the Dances with Wolves, but yes, Boba Fett met the Fremen and learned uh, all the combats. It kind of was that way. All right, what's next? Scott D says Dances with Mastiffs. Yeah. By the way, Ray, I think you were the one to point it out. Why do they keep putting out their rides right in direct fire shot of the of the the enemies coming through? Because <laughs> Because their rides kept getting shot and murdered. Like, everybody's like, why did you have them standing out there in the open? Anyway, yes. All right, what's next? Marie Seifering says, Hi, John, Kim, and Ray. Since episode two of Book of Boba Fett was 52 minutes long, it gave them time to tell a more interesting story much better. Absolutely. Like, like that's why... I agree. Look, when I, when I got on Twitter at the end of episode one and I tweeted out, it, was, it should have been called the brochure of Boba Fett. It wasn't about that wasn't a comment on the quality, although I didn't think the show was the episode was all that great. It was like, man, that was short. Like that was real short, even for Disney plus standards. That was short. So I was really happy when the episode started and I paused it for a second. I saw that it was like 51, 52 minutes. I'm like, OK, let's see what they do with that. And they were able to tell they were able to deliver a really good episode. You know, but again, so much so that I thought they could have actually taken out the Moss Espa stuff. Moved it over to episode one. But yeah, there's a, so I completely agree with you, Marie. I mean, having a little bit more time certainly helped. And the action was a lot better, too. It even, was. E there, even with your complaints with uh, the first episode of Boba, that, I didn't see any of that in the next Slow one. Slow-mo Boba Fett was gone. Yeah, so that... that, that it was Mandalorian Boba Fett. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah yes. the action was significantly better. I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. That's why we're up at that. midnight. Yep. Next Tuesday. Next with, Tuesday. With, what are right. we going to eat? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Whatever Ray's going to barbecue, start, start making some Bantha burgers or something. <laughs> All right, what's next? Michael Serda says, just a random thought, but one movie I feel is really underrated is Lawless. Loved Lawless. It doesn't get as much recognition as it should, in my humble opinion. Now, as long as it... Ray, can you bring up Lawless and IMDb? Just tell me. I'm thinking of the one with Shia LaBeouf Shia and LaBeouf, Tom right. Hardy. And stuff like that. If that's the movie I'm thinking, I think Gary Oldman's in it too. And their brothers and their yeah, oh yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. his makeup is like yeah. really. What'd you say, Lawless? Lawless, yeah, okay. not loosely Lawless, but just yeah, lawless. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what did you want? Me and to who do? was the female lead in that one again? Uh, I'll it get was it right now. the. It's from Three Five Five. It's 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 um one of the girls from Three Five Five. Or Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Thank you. 
Oh, I forgot she was um, in her first. Uh, of course, this is what I remember. Her first nude scene in a movie, Jessica Chastain. <gasps> but it was the movie's great. It's really good. I was, was surprised that the one was... with the. No, no, don't put the camera on me. Was that the one where? I yes yes yeah. oh okay yeah, that was. one that was kind of it brutal was. to yes. me. Yeah. Yes. So, I you're right. I, I completely agree with you, Michael. That is an underrated film. It should be talked about more. All right, what's next? Mr. Hank Dunn says, in western New York, there's a Tim's literally every quarter mile. Good to hear. I need good to, to get, hear I that, to the, that the good news of Tim Hortons is spreading. All right, what's next? <laughs> John Redcorn says, 355 is out tomorrow and no reviews are out. Uh-oh. <laughs> not, not a good sign. Yikes. That is not a good sign. I I Listen, I've wanted to be excited about this. I like Simon Kinberg. Um, I, this is a brilliant cast. Jessica Chastain, the future ex Mrs. Campia, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Kruger. It's. I want this movie to be good so badly, but every sign points to flop. Every and I'm not just talking financially. I mean, every sign is not good. And yeah, wouldn't that be that, funny if it's the next Jason Bourne? Oh, I would. <laughs> like I would we watch great. it and we're like, oh my god, this is. So amazing. <laughs> but they're not le- le- even letting reviews come out about it. It's it's not good news. All right. What's next? No. Sam Fisher says, do you think Boba was still with the Tuscans when he rescued Finnick? And that is what brought him back to society. Do you think we'll see that? It depends on how long. Because that would have been years. Years and years and years and years and years. Maybe so. I mean, I, I think that would narratively make sense. I also wouldn't be surprised if we find out he left in between that as well, but it could very well be. All right, what's next? A. Marcellus says, John, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection is out on PS5 on January 28th. Performance mode will go up to 120 FP. Frames per second. Thank you. Smooth gameplay. That's interesting. Look, I'm actually looking for what... Okay, look, I already know what... Here's my current path for my PS5. (laughs) Anne and I have to finish um, It Takes Two. The current reigning defending game of the year. No campy of classroom. No, no, no campy classroom. In this. Here's the here's the roadmap. So, actually, you know what? Yes. Oh no! You, you brought it up. So I, I am so sorry. Now I got to bring it up. Classroom. So sorry. You brought it up, and now here we go. Okay, campy classroom for what am I going to call this? I will call it uh, Campia PS5 roadmap. Okay, so let's do this. Here's my current PS5 roadmap, all right? My current PS5 roadmap is as follows. Uh, Number one, uh, finish. um, It takes two. Guys, if you guys have not played It Takes Two, I had never even heard of the game when it won Game of the Year. Never even heard of it. It's wonderful. You got to play with another person. It's fantastic. Okay, so number two. I got to go back and play Spider-Man because I only ever played the first bit of Spider-Man and I just got frustrated because I have no patience and I'm no good with, with console controllers. I'm a mouse and keyboard guy. And so I eventually just gave up trying to get through it just because it was too difficult for me because I suck with it, but I am committed to getting through it. So that's, that's next up for me on the PS5. After that, uh, number three, is Miles Morales. Everybody's telling me Miles Morales on the PS5 is great. 
Um, I'll play some of that. So, uh, yeah, Ray, you got to come over and help me through it. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have you or Ryan or somebody help me through this. I hope of. there's some good music in that Miles Morales. I, I don't know if there they, is. I, I don't know if they um, model any of it after the Spider Verse, but that would be cool. If probably not. Movie. Probably like don't. more comic booky Miles probably, Morales. Probably, yeah. That's fine too. But uh, that's gonna be Miles Morales. Then after that, I got to play the uh, game of the year, uh, God of War. Not even the new one. I got to go back to the one the one game of the year a couple of years ago. And so then that's maybe, next up for me. Maybe you need to add a s- sort of mini number five. Ray brings in his copy of Uncharted 4 because I still have it. I mean, Uncharted 4. But- and I will get past the tutorial. The <laughs> tutorial is this. I, the tu- I, I believe the tutorial is this. You play as a young Nathan Drake and you're trying to sneak out of the little home that you were put in. And I keep getting caught. And I never, I stopped playing. So I didn't even get to the main game. So let, let's say I'm the best player out there. So. <laughs> and then, then I have to play uh, one I've been dying to play, uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. I hope I'm spelling that correctly. Ghosts of Tsushima. I got to play that. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, that, that game I've seen, I've seen a bunch of gameplay on that. That is so freaking beautiful and gorgeous. And just lovely. So I don't know if any of you guys in the uh, in the live chat. No, I'm not going to be playing any Sky. I played Skyrim on on the computer a long time ago, so I don't need that. But if any of you guys in the live chat have some, I already I already tried Dead, Red Dead Redemption two on my PS4, so that's done. Uh, Last of Us two, I've already gone through that whole thing. Um, but th- this is my current Campia roadmap for my PS5 because I know everybody really wanted to know what is John playing on his PS5. Filed under the subcategory Inquiring of... Inquiring minds want to know. No one cares. All right. <laughs> let's move on here. What is next? Well, that took some time. <laughs> Al Ranshaw says, Golden Globes are about as useless as the condiment mayo. Next! <laughs> Al Ranshaw has lost his commentary privileges. Oh! We move on to fat guy with a mullet. Let that be a lesson to you, Al. <laughs> he said, Next! <laughs> next! Well, how dare you, sir? I said good day. (laughs) Well, fat guy with a mullet says even the game awards had celebrity appearances. It's true. Like even the game awards had what's Imagine Dragons. Even Imagine Dragons showed up and they had the oh, who was it? Um, John Ralphio, who does the voice of Sonic. Even he got up there and did something. I mean, they got. They had more representation at the Video Game That's Awards than the Golden Globes this year. All right, what's next? Rob McDonald says, I noticed that Kim said Nightmare Alley was her number nine favorite film of 2021, but I never heard her full list. I'd love to hear it. Uh, we'll probably have to get, have you do that sometime. I did give my full list. Yeah, actually, you did give your did full give list. Her full yeah, list. We she didn't did. have time um, to go into detail about it, but you gave your full list. It's I mean, my, that's why you knew the number nine. It's on my Instagram. It's on and, my Instagram. And just out of curiosity, where's your Instagram? Was good Kimberly. Just point right down there. Uh, you can see there it is. Was good Kimberly. Go follow her on Instagram. All right, what's next? This is from Rafael Castillo. Dances with Massives. <laughs> I love the latest episode of The Book of Boba Fett. I love how the Tuscan Raiders are being fleshed out. It's a missed opportunity if they don't call on one of these episodes under the Tuscan Suns. Uh, well, it depends on what it's about, but I- I'll tell you what. There is something that they do. There's a very quick, if you blink, you'll miss the line, but there's a little bit of line that gives you a whole different idea of depth to the whole Tusken Raiders, which is this. They kind of drop for the first time ever. They really drop a suggestion that 
listen, there are a lot of different Tuscan tribes and they're different. Because all you got to do is look at the Tuscan Raiders in Book of Boba Fett and say, they dress completely differently. They even act a little bit differently. But then they kind of address that in a quick little throwaway lines like there are many different tribes and we're all different. And I thought that gave me a very different perspective on the Tuscan Raiders that I've never really had as a Star Wars fan before. It was very interesting. All right. I have a question for you. Yes. Did you notice that in Thor Ragnarok, the guys that um, kind of fight the trash with Valkyrie, like they're like fighting the trash heaps? That they look just like the Tuscan Raiders. To me, I, they do. I never thought about that, but now that you say it, that's not completely too far off. Now <laughs> that I think about it, it's random. All right, what's next? Joe Becker says Book of Boba Fett, Episode Two was Chapter One after the prelude. After the prelude, of episode, of episode One, much better character building, lore building, action. Well done. Again, it, it the quality of Episode Two just makes me a little bit even more frustrated by episode one. Uh, the, by the way I, I feel like they dropped the ball on the first episode it just this one just made me even more frustrated about but yes absolutely i think they got the show onto the right track now all right what's next out of time 1985 says star wars movies tracksuit edition oh gosh the phantom bro oh no attack of the bros revenge <laughs> of the bro a new bro bro strike back return of the bro ah this this is going to happen. It's for the never going to die. You do it, realize. Right? Yeah, right? this this is going to happen. Next, next thing you know, it's going to be Disney. Did you say that was the second part? No, that's a different no. person. Oh, okay. Different person. We're going to be getting a lot of these. No, okay. that first one was four parts. Oh, okay. Yeah, four parts. All oh, right, God. next. Daryl Best Wadley says, I saw your top 10 worst list. I love you, John. And I know all film is subjective, but the harder they fall was worse than Space Jam. Come on, man. Yep. LOL. Yeah, it was. Don't get him started. Deal with it. <laughs> Man, is this the Grinch? I thought the Grinch died, but geez. Deal with ah. it. All right, next up. Dual MP5 says, F to all the impatient haters simply because first episode was a slow burner. It wasn't a slow burn. It was bad. You you can I mean you can play semantics all you want and try to dress up and you can put still put you know, makeup on a donkey. It's still a donkey. It's, it wasn't good. But even after watching episode one, I'm like, I'm very disappointed, but I still believe in the show. It's still John Favreau. I'm going to look forward to episode two. Really glad they were able to bring it home. But I, I still don't think episode one was very good. And, and no, you don't get to excuse. Like, what's a good way of putting it? It's like putting me on an NBA team right now. And me as I am right now, putting me on an NBA team. I say, no, John's not bad. He just brings different strategic advantages. No, no, that's just a, that's just a fancy way of saying I'm, I'm bad. I'm not good. <laughs> I don't belong in the NBA. Sugar coding. Say, no, no, episode one was not a slow burn. Nothing happened. Episode one, they dropped the ball. But they picked it back up and they run it towards the goal line down in episode two. All right, what's next? Out of Time 1985 says, Tracksuit Star uh, Wars Part oh 2. Oh my. <laughs> it's because of you, right? The Bro Awakens, The Last Bro, The Bro of Skywalker, The Book of Boba Bro, Rogue Bro, The Mando Broian. Hope you enjoy. And no, no, no. It is The Book of Broba Fett. Yeah. The Book of Broba Fett. And that's The Man Bro Lorian. The Man Bro Lorian. <laughs> All right. almost there. What's okay, next? that's it. That's enough. All right, this is one of two. Screen Talk says, I have been waiting to talk about this for a while. LOL, Monica and WandaVision. 
was only there to get her powers, and that bothered me. She saved the kids who did not exist, and they would have figured out Wanda was the one in control of Westview by poking around. Only issue with WandaVision. Um, I disagree. Basically, the WandaVision is told from her perspective, basically, in many ways. Like, she was kind of the audience. Like, a lot of stories will have an audience avatar. Where it's we we as the audience kind of look at what's happening the events through that character's eyes in many ways, um, in Yellowstone that's kind of Jimmy, is, is that character there, so she becomes the vessel of which we as the audience, especially at the beginning, she's the vessel that we have the as the audience are traveling through that story through. So I, I thought that makes her an incredibly important character and how they used her in that. So I, that's just my talk. I mean, as far as what plot turning devices she functioned in yeah there wasn't a lot of plot turning devices but that's not the importance of characters aren't just turned up or shown in the ways they steer the narrative sometimes a really good character is there to be again the vessel that we ride as the audience through the story and i thought that's the role she kind of played in this and i thought it was effective that way but that's just me personally thanks for sharing your thoughts on that bobby appreciate it. or who was a screen talk thanks for sharing your thoughts on that screen talk all right what's next al rinshaw says they should utilize the cancer story with lady thor i i don't listen again the comics are the comics and the movies are the movies however the comics the movies will often borrow themes from the comics on the stuff they're bringing over that is one that a lot of us are thinking they might use and that the more she uses her power, like Natalie Portman actually talked about this once, that the more she uses her power, the worse her condition's going to get. So I do think this is one of those things they're going to be going on. I think it's going to make it really interesting. All right, what's next? Bobby Harris says, I actually prefer the shaky cam pirated videos because you get the real theatrical experience <laughs> of hearing babies crying in the background. Go to do theaters, Bobby. It's like, yeah, no, I just don't feel like I'm actually in the movie theater unless it's doing that. All right, what's next? Oh, my gosh. Bobby Harris said, if you download a movie illegally in the Bahamas, does that make you a pirate of the Caribbean? <sighs> All right. We'll, we'll give him the drum hit for that. All right. What's next? Arr. Arr. Comedy, baby. Iconic Reaction says, hey, guys, just found out yesterday I have COVID. Oh, I'm sorry to hear and that, I man. And I feel like hell. I don't wish this on anyone. I don't know how long this lasts, but for stay, but for stay safe, guys. Uh, I, from That's what I understand, really I mean, take care of yourself, rest, tons Power of fluids, through. isolate yourself, obviously. And I, I heard it's like, like a week and a half. You should be able to ride it out. Um, so like hang in there, do the best they can. It, it's going to suck, especially if you're experiencing bad symptoms, but hang in there, iconic, hang in there, buddy. All right. What's next? Oh my God. Elizabeth Gerardo says, when I went to see No Way Home, a woman was live streaming the movie on Facebook. I was going to report her, but her kid was with her and I didn't want to ruin it. You know what? Thank you so much for giving us, for making this movie for us to enjoy. I'm going to steal from you. I'm going to try to, uh, to hurt you. I mean, I don't get that, but that does, kids, look. Kid, your mom does, is a thief. It, it does create an awkward situation. Because yeah. I think I would feel the same way, Elizabeth. If I was there and I saw somebody stream, streaming it, I would probably either say something and I would definitely report it. Because number one, put your fucking phone away in a movie theater. Like, whatever. But number two, like, you're you're literally stealing the movie. But you're right. I probably would have thought twice about it too if they had their kid with them. Their kid. Not, not, I'm not even worried about traumatizing the kid. 
Although that, I mean, I would be worried about that. But my first thing is like, look, she's being a, a douche, but one of, I, I got to imagine one of the worst things you can do to somebody is embarrass them in front of their kid. Yeah. So I, I, my first thought isn't even the kid. I don't want to create a traumatic experience for the kid. I'd actually like, okay, she's doing something really douchey. And she's making is it, it worth okay. embarrassing them in front of their child for it. Uh, I don't know. I would have hesitated too. What were you saying, right? I'm saying that she's making it okay through her child's eyes. That's true. That's, that's okay to do. And I don't, I don't know. There's a thin line there. Yeah. I, I would have a hard time trying oh, to I feel decide for that, that kid. Because you know, like somebody, somebody double dips their chip in the dip, right? You call them out on it, but you don't punch them in the face and then, you know, piss on their feet. That's that's going a little bit extreme. Hey, piss on your hey, man. That's I only double dip once <laughs> over here, bro. So. But I mean, that's a bit extreme, right? Right. And, that, and I feel is. like embarrassing somebody in front of their kid. I got to feel like that's one of the most extreme things of hurting somebody you can do. I'm like, okay, you're being really awful about this, but I'm not going to embarrass you in front of your kid over it. But I might say something to them after the movie. Maybe pull them. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough situation, Elizabeth. All right, what's next? Enrique A. says, went to see No Way Home for the fifth time yesterday nice. i'm in st kitts ontario so theaters closed uh, tmo yeah. and when the morbius trailer was playing people booed really i have i haven't had that experience i've been really impressed like when the trailer in front of every time i've seen spider-man no way home you can tell the theater got audibly excited so yeah, yeah uh, that's an interesting thing all right what's next suthia says i'm more interested in thor's suit colors reminds me of my friends who were in their 40 40s going through a midlife crisis with wild hair colors and design well of course in, in his 40s i mean he's in his 40 thousands however old i forget exactly how old thor is but it's many thousands of years old like maybe yeah maybe that's it all right what's next john redcorn asks so was the black widow the first mcu film to lose money I don't, I mean, look, if you want to count the lawsuits they lost, oh, it lost them a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to, I'd have to look into that. I'm going to guess no, they probably, because I think at the box office, they pull it. Ray, can you bring up Black Widow's box office? Sure. I still think it made over 300 million on its own in the box office. And then they, they charge people $30 a pop to try to watch it on Disney plus. Now, a big chunk of that goes towards um, overhead for the operation of the Disney Plus. But are you talking about worldwide? Worldwide. 379. 379. I'm going to go on a limb and guess it didn't lose money. I'm going to guess that it did not lose money. All right. What's next? This is from Iconic Reactions. All I'm going to say is Natalie Portman in The Professional. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a short film, and she was very young, but OMG, I loved it. It's It's a landmark movie like almost every movie fan i know has seen and loves leon the professional it's it's great and that's where you get our first little introduction to little natalie portman yeah it's great gary oldman's in that too i forgot about that that's right all right what's next ethan holgate says excuse me as a big fan of the games that clip from the uncharted from uncharted looks awesome it even has the same gun sound effects from the game i didn't know that and music which i love yeah i have a few look to me, the number one job of making a comic book movie or a video game movie is not to be as close to the comic book or the video game as possible. The idea is to make the best movie possible, and that takes adaptation. But if you can do that and pepper in 
some nostalgia for people who know the comics or who know the video games. That's just an extra really little good bonus. So it's going to be, I didn't know about that, Ethan. Thanks for pointing that out to me, man. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, I guess I'm buying the Lady Thor and Wanda outfit. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what, so am I. Uh, I, I think I'm going to rock them both and we'll just see uh, which one looks better on me. All I'm right, totally going to rock Lady Thor. I'm going to rock that one. <laughs> Raymond Verada says, it will be funny if Lady Sif, Jamie Alexander, came straight from the Loki series after kicking him in the balls after he cut her hair. Oh my gosh, that would be funny. By the way, I love that she's back. I love Jamie Alexander. I think she's great. She actually came, some of you know this, she was, the first year I did a panel at LA Comic Con. At the time, it was still called Stanley's Kamikaze. Um, she was my guest on that panel. And uh, we, we talked a whole bunch backstage. And stuff. She was a delightful guest. She was awesome. Very excited to see her back as Lady Sif. All right, what's next? Enrique A says, I just noticed the Avi Arad shout out in the No Way Homes credits on my fifth screening. I'm usually on my phone during the credits. Who is he and what did he do? He's been a producer of, uh, I think, all the Spider-Man movies. I think he's been a producer of all of them. And when Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards, he's the one who went up there and, and got the trophy. So, oh. yeah. So how actively involved he was in this one, I don't know. It's a good question. But he was, he's was he been a producer on almost all of them. All right, what's next? Mark Gorman says, piracy is theft. Fact. But just think of countries like China. No one of the Phase 4 movies got a cinematic release. Disney Plus is still not available. For a hardcore MCU fan, it's hard not to pirate. I I will say this. I have always thought that <sighs> piracy is piracy, but if you are, I, I've said this before, if you are in a country and the whole world is talking like about Mandalorian, right? The whole world's talking about Mandalorian, but a lot of countries did not have Disney Plus yet. And Disney Plus did not give any other valid avenues for people in countries without Disney Plus to watch it. And so people around the world having to hear everybody talk about Disney Plus and there was no viable, legitimate option to watch it legally. I say that's a gray area. I, and I do, all I, I'm not saying it's okay to then, um, that it's okay to pirate, but I'm saying I don't judge that because you're a fan Take my money. I, who, who can I give my money to? I am a willing customer. I want to legitimately purchase your content because otherwise I got to sit around for five months while everybody else in the world talks about every episode that comes out and you're not giving me any legitimate avenue to watch it. Now, what I don't buy as an excuse is, well, movies are too expensive. So that makes it, I'm justified to stealing it. No, it's not. Ferraris are expensive. Does that mean it's okay for you to go and steal a Ferrari? Absolutely not. But that whole thing about the content is not available for me to legitimately purchase. I'm not going to say it's okay. I'm just saying it's a gray area. That becomes a gray. By the way, I just wanted to bring up this, this image. This was me and Jamie Alexander oh, at, uh, at comic. Oh, is she beautiful? She's yeah. wonderful too. It's like, she's absolutely delightful uh, to be around uh, too. And, uh, and yeah, there we go. All right. Anyway, what is next? Marie Seifring says, to the Golden Globes, so long, farewell, a <laughs> and goodbye. Yeah. Uh, Bye. Look, I still think there's a chance they can, if they do a hell of a lot of right things, not just one or two right things, if they do a whole bunch of really right things over the next 12 months, I think the Golden Globes can theoretically recover. But ask me if I think they will. 
Nope. But I, but I think there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. All right, what's next? Josie Reviews says, the Kids' Choice Awards hold more value than the Golden Globes. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree, Josie. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, how big would the Hollywood foreign press have to be for you to consider the, the, G, the Golden Globes important? Also, doesn't the importance ascribed to them by the industry make them important? I mean, that, you bring up a great point there, Sam, is about perceived importance, right? Like, this Zevia can is worthless. But something is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. That's something I learned on Pawn Stars. The value of something <laughs> is determined by what are people willing to pay for it. Hey. Now, I may know that if I autograph this can of Zevia, it's worth five cents, which is probably what you'll get in recycle money for, for the tin itself. But there might be some poorly diluted person out there that thinks a Zevia can autographed by John Campia. My God, I will pay $1,000 for that. Well, then guess what? It's worth $1,000. Something is worth whatever people are willing to pay for it. And the Golden Globes have created over the years this very fragile facade of implied importance through perceived importance. Yes. But that came crashing down. It was so fragile, it came crashing down immediately, right? How big would the Golden Globes have to be? I'd say a good 400-member voting base and then structure your awards to give it some legitimacy. Get rid of the freaking comedy or musical. Get rid of, like, for instance, they have best movie drama, best movie musical comedy, best actor drama, best actor actress, but only one best director award. Get rid of the musical or comedy. Get, get rid of that. Best movie is best movie, period. So you take some steps like that. It Then we can start talking. Then we can start talking. All right, what's next? This is coming from Ashe Nagar Ash. Captain gets hammer in Endgame Battle. As for Jane, Thor saves her, presumably from cancer per the comics, or another death explained for MCU. Gives her a portion of his powers and the hammer. It's, that's that's as legitimate as a guess as anything else. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to do or how they're going to bring it about. How does the shattered pieces of Mjolnir get brought back together? Don't know. All these good questions. That's as good of a, a theory as I've heard of Shay. All right, what's next? All right, also from Ash. Guessing it's not shattered in the starting, but later on midway, by the end of the movie, she either dies or it's a fake death. Uni. Thor finds a way to save her for good. Possibly. Well, we'll see how that all kind of turns out. But remember, the, the hammer is already shattered. The hammer got shattered in Thor Ragnarok by his sister. And it's been gone ever since. Now, in Endgame, he was rocking, Cap was rocking a Mjolnir from an alternative timeline. That had to get returned as well. So these are the these are the pieces of the original Mjolnir. Don't forget about that. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, never forget Tom Cruise returned his Globes Award. Yeah, there were a number of people that actually, people I, I can't remember if this one was Tom Cruise or if it was no them, but it was either Tom Cruise or somebody else that literally put their Golden Globes in a cardboard box, wrapped it up, and just shipped it UPS back to the Golden Globe. So they got a lot of work to do. 
They got a lot of work to do. All right, next up. Luis Enrique de la Peña says, if you haven't tried the flour tortilla with mayo, here's another suggestion. Steam or grill sweet corn on the cob. Not, a fan, not a fan of corn. And spread a bit of mayo or butter. It also works with steamed broccoli. I mean, I love some melted, well, first of all, melted butter on anything. Melted butter on toast, melted butter on broccoli, melted butter on ice cream. Melted butter on soup. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Melted butter just makes everything better. Um, I'm actually not a corn guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually, you know what? I am a meditarian. I, there's, I have to force myself to eat any kind of vegetation. Apples, apples and bananas are, are an exception. Like, I like apples and bananas. But to eat broccoli, I have to force myself to eat broccoli. Really? I, I will not eat green beans. I don't eat corn. I don't eat peas i don't eat you're not the sides man you're a pure ron swanson yeah, you're like give me, give me, give me the, a burger give me the entree give me the meat yep this is a burger it has meat and a bun enjoy <laughs> little ron swanson there for you all right what's next <laughs> edward first says tina fey and amy poehler talking about zero dark 30 and comparing torture to be married to james cameron is and will always be the best award show joke of all time i personally think the best one they ever did was when they were, it was the year that George Clooney was getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. And so Tina Fey and uh, uh, and Amy Poehler got up and goes, Amal Clooney, who's George Clooney's wife, who's like one of the most impressive women in history. She goes, a senior law person at this age won this legal award at this, became the U.S. representative to this, and she leads the United Nations efforts of children and so blah, 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 and does this and does this and does this and does this. And tonight we're giving her husband the Lifetime Achievement Award. That was one <laughs> that was of the, the best, best laughs I've ever had. Like It was, was set up best. so well. It was so good. Oh, I'll miss those two. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, what's your favorite Amy and Tina joke? Oh, well. I, I could go on and on. Yes, I could. I mean, obviously I just said it. Oh the whole God. George Clooney and Malk. If you guys haven't seen them do the joke, go on YouTube and look it up. It's, it's hilarious. You have to. All right, to. what's next? Edward first says Emily in Paris is for TV and the Golden Globes. What the tourist was for movies yes. a few years ago. Yes. The Edward, that is a perfect comparison, man. That's a perfect comparison. All right. What's next? Pretty Cyber says Golden Globes are done. All of the award ceremonies must be overhauled. And John Favreau did that episode justice. Do you hear me? Kristen, let's go. Um, I, the the I Oscars I do wrong. not need to be overhauled. The Oscar, listen, the Oscars is not a perfect system, but it is the best system in place. You have the right people voting. You have a big enough voter base. You have the right types of categories. You have the right voting system. It's not perfect, but it is as good of a system as I think you can have. The balloting system is advanced, but it's, it also brings a lot of clarity. I don't think the Oscars need to be overhauled. Now, we can have a big discussion about the Oscars show. Yeah, I think there's a lot that needs to be done to make the show better, for sure. But the Oscars and the Academy Awards as a system themselves, I don't think it needs much overhauling. I really don't. But the show needs work. The show definitely needs work. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, episode two of Boba Fett was 100% much better. And it was 52 minutes yep. with a bit more action, getting the hang on going from flashback to the present. And again, as Ray brought up a little bit earlier, gone are the latter years of uh oh who do we compare him to against steven seagal gone are the steven seagal the latter years movies <laughs> Arr, 
Er, and this one, he looks fast. He looks fluid. It looked the way it did in Mandalorian. I really enjoyed it. All right, what's next? This is from Edward First. Seth Green directed this week's Boba Fett episode. Wrap your mind around that. The Seth Green. I did not know that. I didn't know that. I um, And Seth is a lifelong major, major Star Wars fan. Um, I sat at a poker table with him once, and I had a chance to meet him once at the premiere of the Clone Wars animated movie that was held at the Egyptian Theater. Um, but I've always been a fan of his work and his robot chicken stuff is great and all that kind of stuff. And I, I had no idea he directed that. Good for him. But again, uh, excellent script. Well directed. I liked it. All right. What's next? Tochi Victor says, love how the episode expanded the Tuscan culture. I, I was just talking about that with the references to the various tribes. It gives more depth to it. gives more texture to it. I completely agree, Toshi. All right. What's next? Wanda Blackwell says, Kim, John and Ray, I'm hoping Spider-Man one day will be in the X-Men movies one day. Anything in the MCU is possible? Do you see anybody crossing over with anybody? I, I want to point out that it wasn't Seth Green. It's They meant it as Steph Green. I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I mean, I had no idea Seth Green was directing a, right, an Steph episode. Green, I, I was going to say because I was very tired, but I thought it was Steph Okay, so there you go. Steph. Different guy altogether. But Different then again, guy altogether. That's why I'm like, really? I Seth Green I directed that? No tired. idea. Fabulous guy, though. Okay, and you know what? Seth Green is still a fabulous He's guy. All right, yeah, he is. He's a nice guy. Corey Harper says, why why say lot word when few word do trick Boba Fett? Why get it instead of saying, why say a lot of words when just a few words? Why say lot? Yeah, uh, uh, well said, Corey. Well said. All right, what's next? Kiwi says, I was taking a fat bomb in the dune seat right now and saw you guys streaming. What? The cinematic pleasures awaken within us. Sup, movie bros and bras. Well, what I'm glad you interrupted your uh, your session there, Kiwi, and decided to come over and join us and broke away from uh, from what you were doing. All right, what's next? David Ullman says, will we be having a spoiler discussion to Boba Fett now that you're getting more invested in the show? No. I, and, and here's why. Even though... Boba Fett episode two was definitely an improvement and I have good hope for, for it moving forward. I don't really think um, there is a lot of anything to talk about. Yeah. There's not enough there. No, I mean, there's, there's only a couple of things that I can't mention on this show right now. Cause we're only, uh, right now, we're 11 hours out from when the show came out. There's only a couple of few details we can't mention. And so there's not really much to carry into an open spoiler discussion. So I don't know. What do you think, Ray? Uh, why don't we save it just for the wrap up of the show then? You know, just let's have it all together. See it as a whole. There'll probably be more be, be more stuff, you know, or or you could do it episode by episode basis. But yeah, I agree. There wasn't. I don't think there was enough there to actually. Yeah, it was good. Talk about, but there, I mean, there wasn't. There's not a lot to do a spoiler discussion. Other video than speculation, on. that's that's that's. Yeah, but we can really do that right about, yeah, now, right? Yeah. Like, like tomorrow, we're gonna be able to talk fully open about this episode tomorrow. 
Um, so I don't think I'm going to do an open spoiler discussion for the rest of these things. We'll talk about it every week, but I don't think we're going to do an open spoiler discussion for that. I know if you think I should change my mind about that, email me and let me know why you think I should change my mind about that. All right. What's next? Rachel Knight online says Randy Marsh voice. Sorry. I don't know the voice, <laughs> but um, Golden Globes could use some integrity. 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 I got a new, I got a new blend. Integrity. Uh, that, that's uh, that's South Park. All right. What's next? Mark Netto says, I think Boba Fett needs more of a DD or Punisher vibe to get some intensity. I, I don't know about that. This is a, this is different from Daredevil and Punisher and they shouldn't all just be just flat out tons of brutal gore violence. This is more of a Godfather. Like that's what it feels like to me. And you know, when Rob talked the other day about, you know what they should have done with Black Panther done a Godfather too, where it's blah, blah, blah. They, it almost feels like um, the Book of Boba Fett episode two did take a little bit of a Godfather two template, a little bit of the mixing of the modern crime boss problem with flashing back to previous events, even though it's the same guy. I thought there was a little bit of that in there. So I, I don't think the answer for Bo Book of Boba Fett is to be more like Daredevil or Punisher. But but you can't do that intro in Mando when he busts Stormtroopers helmets apart and right. they're... they're you can't give us a little of that flavor and never give it back again. You well, know what no, I mean? No. But there's a difference between because that was brutal. Giving us more of that flavor, and we were starting to get a little bit of that here in this episode. But and then basically making it based on that because Punisher, I love the Punisher season one and two, loved them both. But that was a lot of killing and just a lot. That was kind of the main thing of Punisher, right? It still had a great story going with it. Book of Boba Fett, I feel is, is meant to be different than that. It's supposed to be meant to be a little bit deeper than that. Be a little bit more like Godfather than it's supposed to be like John Wick. But I still think we're going to get elements of that throughout it. So oh, we'll see. Oh, can I say something? Yeah. Can you feel throughout the episode, the rage meter going up? Did you sense that at all? That's not really a spoiler, but just by just watching every scene and things happening, did you feel like a sense of oh. like his rage meter going up to a point where it may just totally go bonkers like in one of the episodes? Maybe. And by the way, and you got a glimpse of that in all I say is the bar scene. The scene in the bar, you really started to get a little bit of that. I, I'm telling that, you, right? they're covering the steam kettle or whatever, and it's it's a the pressure building. Yeah. It's a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker. We'll all right, guys, listen, we are now going to move on from your uh, live comments you guys sent in. Thank you to everybody who sent in live comments. And we're going to move on now to the questions you guys sent in via the tip link below. But before we do, as we're getting ready to head into hour number three, we're going to take just a short little break here. We're going to stretch our legs. We're going to refill our drinks, give you guys a chance to talk amongst yourselves, run, use the bathroom, do whatever you have to do. So don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. Thank you so much for your patience and indulgence as we took a moment there to uh, stretch our legs a bit. But we are now back, and now let's get over, start taking the questions you guys sent in to us. Once again, if you guys aren't watching this show live and you want to send in a question to be read on the John Campus Show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down to the description of this video, and you'll see a tip link there. Click on it or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip you'll be getting your question right on the show if we deem it appropriate to be used on our show and of course you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved here at the john campus show thank you guys so much for your support all right kim 
Let's get over to it. What questions have people been sending in? Okay, this first one comes from Corey Giddings. Hey guys, I was thinking with all the comic book films releasing next year, which do you feel will give the best acting performances? In my opinion, it's the Batman by a mile. Uh, Batman is right up there because you got Robert Pattinson, who's kind of like one of the hottest actors in the world right now. You've got uh, their commissioner, Gordon. Um, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright in there doing it. You got Colin Farrell in there, who I believe is an Academy caliber kind of actor as well. You've got uh, the dude playing Riddler from uh, There Will Be Blood. Paul uh, Dano. Paul Dano, thank you, who would have gotten a lot more Oscar attention and a lot more praise had it not been for the fact that, you know, the goat of all goats, Daniel Day-Lewis, maybe gave the best performance in any movie in history in that in that one. I mean, so it's right up there. But Benedict Cumberbatch, he's a, an Academy Award nominated actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got the you got Chiwetel Ejiofor in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. too, who is an Academy Award nominated actor. And so you've got a lot of stuff going for that. You go into Thor Ragnarok. I honestly think the best acted scene. Love and Thunder. In what did I say Ragnarok? Sorry, but if you look at Thor, if you look at Thor, I think the best acted scene in all of the MCU. In everything the MCU has ever done, the single best acted scene is the scene in Infinity War where Thor and Groot are on the ship and Thor is basically running down everything he's lost in his life and why he's got to face Thanos again. And then, you know, then Rocket says to him, and what if you're wrong? And and then and Thor says, then what else do I have to lose? I mean, that scene... I honestly feel with all the great actors in the MCU, that is the best acted scene in the MCU. So you got that, you got him, you got uh, Academy Award winner, Natalie Portman, you got Academy Award winner, Christian Bale. You've got like all this stuff. So there's got to be some consideration given to Thor, Love and Thunder as well. But if I had to guess right now, I my guess would be the Batman. That'll be my guess. All right, what's next? Corey Gidding says, I caught Macbeth at a select theater, and I feel it's Denzel's best performance since Malcolm X, in which he transformed into the character. Your thoughts? Look, whenever Denzel Washington is in anything, you can make an argument it's his best performance ever. I mean, Denzel's Denzel. Except for all the small things, yes. Except for all the small things, which was, you know, the performances (laughs) weren't the problem in all the small things. Yeah, that's true. You had three Academy Award winners in there, and none of them could save that movie. But I mean, yes, in Macbeth, seeing him and Francis McDormand, who is in the conversation with Meryl Streep as maybe the greatest actress of all time, acting alongside is just absolutely breathtaking. All right, what's next? Chris M says, hey, John, Halloween Ends starts filming this month with Jamie Lee Curtis and Will Parton, among others, returning for the end of this trilogy. I know you weren't the biggest fan of the Halloween kills, but are you excited to see how this wraps up? Nope. No, honestly, I love the 2018 Halloween. Loved it. It's the first Halloween film I've ever liked. I've never liked any of them. Not the original, none of it. The 2018 Halloween, I loved. And so I was so excited for this new one. And I was really, frankly, very disappointed with it. So much so, I don't... Now, don't get me wrong. I'll see the final one. And maybe it'll be awesome. But right now, this moment, I have no enthusiasm for it. That, that, the latest one kind of killed my enthusiasm for it. But we'll see how it goes. All right, what's next? Corey Gidding says, do you folks plan on attending the Batman world premiere and provide your out-of-the-theater thoughts? Uh, where, who is that? 
Corey oh, that Giddings? Was Corey. Um, I have never in my career been invited to a Batman world premiere. So I, I'm not anticipating, I don't see any reason why I'd be invited to this one. I've never been, that's a series of films. I've never been invited to a Spider-Man world premiere. I've never been invited to a Batman world premiere. So I highly doubt this is going to be the exception. So no, I'm probably not going to be attending the world premiere of Batman. That said, I will definitely see it. And I will definitely do my right out of the theater reaction when I do, whenever it is I see it. All right, what's next? Concerned Wong says, recently there has been a number of YouTube videos whining about a depowered Superman supposedly violated. I agree, it's distasteful. However, where are these people when the comics did the same or worse to female superheroes? Is this an overreaction? I pay no attention. Uh, look. I am I am not here to talk about other YouTubers. My my YouTube channel does not exist for to talk about other YouTube channels. I will allow lesser men to do that. I don't do that. I'm not here to do that. I will talk about trends. I'll talk about trends in general and things we see and not see happening on YouTube. I, I mean, look, I have not seen any of these particular videos that you're talking about. I mean, I myself will whine and bitch and moan and complain about how CW treated their Superman character with Tyler Hoechlin in the Supergirl show. I, I mean, I've whined and complained about that. So I'm sure other people will whine and complain about things too, but I'm not here to talk about other people's whining and complaining. So there is, but I mean, you are right. I mean, there's a history of that in the comics for sure, but yeah, I, I, I haven't seen any of these videos that you're talking about. So I can't, I can't give commentary on videos that I haven't watched or seen, so I can't comment on that. All right, what's next? St. John's Critic says, Hey, John and the Super Friends, I heard your rant about Paramount Plus on your December 29th show. Are you aware of the bad situation in Canada with HBO? I subscribe to HBO, but no HBO Max in Canada. Instead, WB wants me to pay for HBO and another app, Crave TV. Does this... Does this give me access to the free 2021 WB movies? No. WB wants me to pay for HBO, Crave TV, and pay to rent those movies through the new app. My wife and I no longer su subscribe to HBO or Crave TV. W needs, WB needs to get their shit together. Your thoughts? The one thing I'll say about this is this, is that you have to understand that some of that might have to do with territorial rights and licenses hmm. that just because they're able to do it here doesn't mean they can do it in Canada. I believe hundred percent. They would, they want to have HBO max in Canada. And if they don't, it's not because they just don't want to, it's probably has to do with legal issues and they probably will at some point. Uh, but yes, this is something that they need to get rectified and that I am totally convinced that once David Zaslav and his army over at discovery takes over Warner brothers. It's not all going to throw like a light switch and change overnight, but I think you're going to eventually see that fixed I, because you're right. That's untenable. It's absolutely untenable, dude. All right. What's next? Hunter H says, Hey John. So I recently completed my first screenplay and have it copyrighted with the U S copyright office, which screenwriting app or software did you use to write your film? The anniversary. I used a piece of software. Let me just double check to see if it's still in existence. Uh, uh, it's, it was called Celtics and it's, it's spelt C E L T X. It is a free, uh, software writing, uh, screenplay writing program. Let me see if I can bring it up here. I haven't touched it in a long time, but it is a free screenwriting piece of software. Let me see if I can bring it up here. There it is. 
and it's called Celtics. It was very, very handy for me. It formats everything. What is the name of the main the main screenwriting app out there? It's called, uh, I can see the icon in my head. Uh, First Draft? Is that what the, the name of the main screenwriting? I think the name of the, the main screenwriting app is Final Draft. Final Draft. That's what it's called. Um, it's called Final Draft. That's the main one most people use, but Celtics is a really good one. There's are no, there are a number of other ones as well, but that's the one that I used when I wrote the anniversary. All right, what's next? Matthew Wayne says, hey, John, sorry. What I meant to say was Robert said that he would like to do two more films after the Batman about Bruce's psychology. Will there be a drama if WB wants Robert to be Batman for the next two just, I think he means decades. Decades, yeah. Should Robert become Batman, comic Batman slash Arkham Batman? I, st- I don't know what it is you're asking, Matthew. What you meant to say is that Robert Pattinson said he would like to do two more films after the Batman about Bruce's psychology. Will there be drama if Warner Brothers wants Robert to be Batman for the next two decades? Should Robert become comic slash... I, I honestly, Matthew, I have no idea what it is. Do you guys have an idea what he's asking? I think no? would there be problems if he... Or I don't know drama as in either genre drama or is it drama like between WB and and I don't know I yeah I yeah I'm I'm sorry about that Matthew I'm not quite I'm still not clear on what it is you're asking dude sorry about that man all right what's next Disney gifts by Bryce says gang my greetings upon thee <laughs> being verily I say unto thee thank you. <laughs> the Ricardos was great. My wife and I loved it. Simmons was the best. I thought Kidman and Bardem looked fine as Lucy and Ricky until they flashed into the episode. At first, I thought they were clips from the real show. Listen, being the Ricardos, they did a wonderful job. One of my favorite movies of the year. I, I was floored by it. And yes, J.K. Simmons crushes it. But so does Javier Bardem. So does Nicole Kidman. I mean, the the movie is truly exceptional. It's absolutely wonderful. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Go so and watch good. it. It's absolutely fantastic. All right, what's next? Murray Reach says, which movie moves Aquaman 2 or Avatar? I don't think there's any question. Uh, Aquaman 2. Like, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. But it doesn't have to move much. It's just got to move like a week. That's it. The, these just two movies cannot open on the same day, but I think Aquaman is the one that moves. That's my guess. All right, what's next? Brian M says, if Sony had their own premium streaming service like HBO Max and Disney Plus, and no, the sad ad-supported crackle they used to own doesn't count. Do you think Morbius would have moved to there by now? Absolutely not. One of the things that happened at CinemaCon that made a big splash was at CinemaCon, the, the, the head honchos at Sony Studios came out on stage and said, we are about theatrical, period. We do not put our movies out on streaming services day and date. They were very hardcore about that. We do not put our movies out day and day. They said, we'll make movies for streaming, sure. But our theatrical films are theatrical films. We do not put our films out on day and date streaming. So, no, if Sony had their own streaming service, they would just wait until they could put Morbius out. That's what they would do. And I applaud them for it personally. All right, what's next? Daya Al-Sharor says, when it comes to favorite versus best, it comes down to enjoyment. I enjoyed <clears throat> TDKR more than TDK, but TDKR has more plot holes. TDK is a tighter film and script. Doesn't mean it's better. I mean, tighter film script, look, there are a hundred different elements to go into what makes a movie good for you. A hundred different elements. Some might have some elements. The other one might have others. 
are, are there a couple of plot holes in The Dark Knight Rises? There absolutely are. But if the other things stand out to you as being more, like, for instance, if you're talking about, let's make it a sports analogy. Two football teams are going to be playing each other. You can say, hey, this other, this one team has the better passing game and the better defensive line. Okay, great. That's true. The other team, the other side has a much better secondary, a much better special teams unit, and a much better running game, and a much better protective offensive line. So yeah, the other one has some problems, but this one outweighs it. So it, like, yeah, but those are just various elements. You can't ever break a movie down into one of the hundreds of elements that they are. I think that's the defining one. There's a lot of different things. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what kind of experience did the movie overall deliver for you? And that's that's the be all and end all. That's the end of the story right there. So I, I agree with you, but it's also a different scenario. All right, what's next? Travon Toussaint says, hello, crew. I had watched the movie Encounter from Amazon. Oh, that's the Riz Ahmed one. Yes, it was good. From Amazon Studios. And the ending had lifted my attention due to the powerful orchestra music along with Riz Ahmed's performance. Has there been a movie that changed your opinion due to its added music? I'm not quite sure what you mean. Like... The movie always always had the music, so I'm not sure. Like to to properly answer that, I have to watch the movie without the music and then see it with the music and see if that changes my experience. But that's never happened to me. Um, but listen, the right music used the right way can totally. Ray, we were talking about the other day. How how much extra magic is added to the scenes in Jurassic World? With, Bah, 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 right i mean it changes yeah. it. and the reason why batman begins is my favorite out of that trilogy it's just because when he steps into that cave and it goes that that initial sound of yeah. like you know it's yeah. like oh god that yeah, soundtrack it, is awesome the right soundtrack used the right way i mean just i can't think about whenever i even try to imagine a scene in lord of the rings and i, I try to think of all of that one scene in the shire as soon as i start to think about the scene the music is in my head bum 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 like i just it's it's in my head it's there it's part of it or when they go you know to to rivendell i can hear the music but like yeah music used the right way totally changes your experience of the film absolutely does if it's used right all right what's even next? jaws oh yeah jaws yeah. Is, yeah jaws is so worthy of that because uh, think about that uh, ray just uh, said ray just said the word jaws all of you had bum bum Bum, 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 in your head. Mm -hmm. All of you had it in your head right away. It's a great example. All right, what's next? Milo Murphy says, I have no clue what's going on in the DCEU right now. I don't even know who the current Batman actor is. <laughs> Honestly, I think DC would be better if they had just every single movie be in a completely separate universe. I honestly think that is a legitimate approach. I really do. I think that's an absolutely legitimate approach. And they could have great, listen, their most successful film is one that's not connected to a cinematic universe, Joker. That's their most successful film. Made over a billion dollars, nominated for Best Picture of the Academy Awards, won a major Academy Award for Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix. It's their most successful film. That's an objective statement. It's their most objective film or most successful film. And it's not connected to anything at all. If Man of Steel was just a standalone film, I think it'd be one of the great films. I'm not saying they shouldn't have shared cinematic universe. I'm just saying they could go that way. But I think we are going to get a much clearer picture about what the DCEU is going to be moving forward after Flash. Unless David Zaslav at Discovery says, nah, that's bullshit. Let's, we're going to tear this whole thing up and restart again. But we will see what happens there. All right, what's next? 
Mike Perez says, do you think the book of Boba Fett will have a season ending cameo on the level of the Mandalorian season two? Also, can't believe John and Rob are both in Riverside right now. Well, obviously Rob's not here today. Again, I mentioned earlier, Rob's Rob's schedule is going to be uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So uh, Wednesdays are the days he won't be here. So it won't be that. Yeah, we were talking about this on the show the other day. There were rumors going around that Harrison Ford may appear in it. I don't personally believe the rumor, but it is possible. And if they do, it could very well be a final episode thing like they did in Mandalorian with Mark Hamill popping up. So I I think there's a decent chance. Again, I don't believe it's going to be Harrison Ford, but it could be. So I I think a half decent chance. All right, what's next? Trayvon Toussaint says, if you had to make one wish, what movie character would you want to hang out with? For me, as a comedy, would be Susan Cooper from Spy. Like, just hang out with? Just chill with? I'll, I'll tell you who it would be. It wouldn't be one person. It would be a, a, a group of people from the movie. It would be the guys from 40-Year-Old Virgin. If I could go and hang out with that poker night, Paul Rudd, uh, Damani, um, so Paul, Damani, Seth... Uh, Rogan, Steve Carell. I thought there was, well, at, at any rate, if I could pick one group of movie fictional characters that I could just go and hang out with one night, it's the guys from 40 Year Old Virgin. What about you, Ray? Is there a movie that's like, I would hang out with those guys? Seth Rogan and Pineapple Express. I'll, I will replace Mr. Franco and I'll hang out with him. <laughs> what about you, Kim? You got somebody you'd hang out with? Yeah, Melissa McCarthy's character from Bridesmaids. When she stole the puppies, <laughs> remember? And she lifted her leg up on the the air the airport. Oh and the yes. Airplane was like, "Where you go?" <laughs> just all oh, that. Just that she was optimistic and she was quirky and she was wild and funny and yeah, we'd have fun. All right, what's next? Anthony Muff says, "Sup, John and Bros. Is it wrong that I'm still perturbed at the line somehow Palpatine returns?" It's one of the dumbest things ever. Like, no, <laughs> really. I was wondering how he returned. Glad we really cleared it up there. Are there any lines in movies that still haunt you to this day? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, tons, 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 tons. But let's go to that one for a second. I love The Force Awakens. Love that movie. It's my favorite Star Wars movie other than the original trilogy. I like The Rise of Sky, or uh, the, the Last Jedi. I liked it. I had some problems with it. The whole Casino Planet thing was stupid, but overall, I liked it. The Rise of Skywalker. I, I made an entire like 30 to 40 minute long video about why that movie failed. One of the big things that you always got to come away with, and I'll never understand their logic, their thinking, how they thought this was a good idea. The main trilogy culminates with the death of the emperor. That, that's the culmination of the original trilogy, the death of the emperor. And okay, you want to bring the emperor back. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. To say somehow Emperor Palpatine is back. Good. Why? Okay, cool. How? Why? You can't just put in the opening crawl. Somehow. No, fuck you. How is Palpatine back? Oh, look at the body parts in the tubes. Okay, you might be implying, but how is he back? How has he been back for all this time? How have you quietly amassed like the most technologically advanced star destroyer fleet ever known in the history how 
The fact that they never even touched on that is one of the single dumbest decisions. Like, I, I wish I could have been, to quote Hamilton again, in the room where it happened. I wish I could have been in that room with J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and going, so J.J., I was reading through the script. Uh-huh. Kathy hit me. What do you got? Well, I'm thinking, how are we going to tell the audience that Palpatine returned? Ah, I'm glad you asked. We don't. <laughs> how is he back? The documentary by John Campion. Yeah, how is he back? In 223. All the movies that befuddled everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, like, how, how did that conversation go? And then Kathleen Gaines is like, you know what? Yeah, all these other movies, they all tell the audience what happened. Let's break that trend. Let's make a movie where we don't tell them what happens. <gasps> yeah, they'll eat it up. But we, we got to say something, right? Well, yeah, we got to say something because Palpatine's here. What if we just put in the opening crawl? Somehow Palpatine is back. They'll love it. The audience will love it. And I'm just sitting there. What What is happening right now? What is happening? It was such an overt display of them never having a plan. But that even they'd... Now, then you can say, oh, but John, you don't understand. In this magazine article and in this comic <laughs> and then in this novel that came later, they explained that. They just go, fuck them. No, they had no plan. They didn't know what the hell they were doing with it, and it eventually caught up with them and it bit them in the ass. And then we get, somehow, Palpatine is back. Look, I'm not going to go off on this too long because I could rant on this all day. So I'm just going to stop right there and say, yes, that was a particularly egregious offense. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen done in movies, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. What is next? <laughs> Twilight Boy says, hey, John, <laughs> I've noticed you keep mentioning how if Batman versus Superman couldn't make one billion, why would the Batman? I would argue that if more people liked Batman v Superman, i.e. great critic and great general public response, it probably would have done better than it did. Hold on here. I know you liked Batman vs. Superman, but a lot of people didn't. Obviously, Batman and Superman are the OG heroes, but if the film isn't great, people aren't going to care as much. I know you like it, though, and that's great. Hope I wasn't too harsh. You rock. Okay, thank you for that, Twilight Boy. But I will say this. You're missing a very key thing here. There is this notion being proposed that because it's Batman, it's going to be a billion-dollar film. There have been terrible movies that have made the billion dollars. I mean, look, I miss a number of Transformers movies, which were utter garbage. I like the first one. I like the first Transformers movie very much. I like the Bumblebee movie. All the rest, awful. Absolutely awful. But a number of them made a billion dollars. My point is, is that Batman in and of itself right now, just the name is not a name that carries you to a billion dollars. Because if it was, then Batman versus Superman should have crossed the billion dollar mark in its sleep, good or bad. The question should have been, could it be reach $2 billion. That should have been the question. That if people liked it, it could have reached $2 billion. So I would propose to you that it failing to even make a billion dollars, which is, a, I mean, look, only 49 films in the history of cinema have ever made a billion dollars, all right? But I'm just saying, if 
the Batman name was such a draw right now, then Batman versus Superman getting middling response from people should still have made a billion dollars. Maybe not two, but it should have still made a billion dollars. So my whole point is that no, just having the name Batman on it does not guarantee a billion dollar film. And it's, that's not the only hurdle it has to, to overcome. It's got to overcome the hurdle that there's been a number of people, a lot of movie fans don't like the iteration of the Batman we've had lately, even though I do. There is a lot of confusion about what's going on with Batman. A lot of people turned off by the fact that it's Robert Pattinson, even though, I mean, these are people who just have never seen any of other Robert Pattinson's other movies, but still, I mean, so there's a number of things working against it. And that's kind of my point on that. So anyway, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, Twilight Boy. I appreciate it. All right, what's next? My favorite viewer says, can't wait for DC to bring back Henry Cavill in eight years along with all the other Superman actors. And then everybody will be like, he was the best one ever. We want to see Man of Steel too. See, I'm, I'm telling you, like, he is already my, my favorite ever. Henry is still my favorite Superman of all time. I think he's done an incredible job with this character. But yep, at some point, someday down the line, they'll do a flashpoint too. And Henry Cavill and uh, Tom Welling and... Dean Kane and Tyler Holkin and everybody else, all the Supermans, Brandon Ralph. I, I want to go back to the Batman versus Superman. Do you remember how wrong they stepped off, off with the marketing on that? Like by the second trailer, they already showed Dark Side. Remember that? Oh my God! I, remember that? It was yeah. just awful to begin with. I just dude, there's an entire chapter in my movie, movie trailers, a love story, go get it now on Amazon. <laughs> um, there, there's an entire chapter where, where kind of the main thing we talk about is how you basically gave the whole movie away. Oh, Batman oh, versus Superman. Oh, you doomsday. Showed, Sorry. Doomsday. It wasn't just doomsday. It was the fact that it's Batman versus Superman. And then in the trailer, they show the, they show them teaming up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you show uh, that. I mean, ah, uh, well, it is what it is. All right. What's next? B Wayne, New York says, Hey, John and crew. So just watched that DC versus Marvel Slugfest 10 episode series on Roku. And it was great. A lot of it. I never knew uh, the moments like in 2001, Stan Lee worked at DC using famous superhero TVs and movies actors to portray Lee and Kirby and others. It was a genius idea. You know, I didn't even know it came out. I didn't even know it was out. I mean, I've read the book, but mm -hmm. I didn't even know this was out yet. I'm going to have to go On and find it. Two. Thanks for putting that on my radar, B Wayne, because I totally missed that it even came out. I got to go watch that. Thanks for putting that up there, man. All right, what's next? Garden Variety Vagabond says, John and Rob, who would win in a drum off? The Aquaman octopus or the ant in Ant-Man and the Wasp? The ghost of Neil Peart from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He shall play the drum solo of life and win. That is the correct answer, Garden Variety. All right, what's next? Thomas says, my most anticipated movies in 2022 are the ones I have no idea about. The unexpected gems that appear out of nowhere and surprise me. There's always at least one of those each year. What unexpected movie surprises have you had in recent years? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's always every year. We always talk about a bunch of movies that we really weren't expecting anything out of, kind of came up and surprised us. Uh, one of the big ones for me this past year was Mitchell's versus the machines. Um, that's definitely one that came up out of nowhere. Just really pleasantly surprised me. I can't think, I mean, I know there's a bunch of others. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Do you, either you guys have anyone off the top of your head that you wasn't, weren't really paying any attention to. And then you kind of saw it maybe even by accident. And then, Oh my God, I love this. Were there any that you can think of? 
I think uh, for me, I mean, anything with Nicolas Cage, I'll see. But Pig, I didn't really see. Yeah, um, Pig's a good one. I saw a poster, but I didn't see a trailer. So I didn't know what to expect going in. And when the movie was over, I, I usually I'm one of those, unless it's Marvel, when the movie's over, I get up and go. I got stuff to do. I sat there and I was crying and I was just all up in my feels and it totally, <laughs> it totally emotionally like knocked me off my rocker. Yeah. Um, the story is we, me and the girl I was dating at the time, we went to a movie theater and the showing, the show was already sold out, whatever we we're supposed to see. So then we just picked any movie and we saw pitch black and we're like, okay, it might oh, be this horror. is going back. It You're might, yeah, it might that. be a horror. It might be whatever. Let's just see it. Didn't see any trailers. Came out of there and we're like, that movie was good. <laughs> it wasn't what we expected because with a title like Pitch Black, yeah. you would think like some sort of horror. And it kind of was, well, I guess. Well, there's just a little horror. There's definitely horror elements. But it was Black, awesome. Yeah. And man, that was our, my introduction of Vin Diesel as probably a lot of people's. Pitch were Black. Pitch Black, where he's on that... That's it's been almost like he's fighting. Blood. It's the Riddick. It's the first Riddick. Yeah. Movie. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. isn't that Riddick? But it was separate. So I was like, there was another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, was, first that was a pleasant surprise. All right, what's next? Garden Variety Vagabond says, John and team, on the question of Amazing Spider-Man 3, of the 11 Sony movies that are grossed over $250 million domestic, seven are Spider-Man. Sony must be deeply thinking about an Andrew Garfield return, but will his star factor be as high in two or three years? His star factor hasn't been very high for a while. His, only, his star factor is only really up there right now. And I believe he should be a major A-list star for years, whether it's, I thought he, I 100% believe he should have gotten an Academy Award nomination, maybe even one for the social network. He was the heartbeat of the social network. Then, I mean, his incredible performance in um, the uh, the one with Vince Vaughn, Mel Gibson directed. Why am I forgetting uh, something, something, something Ridge? No. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge? Hacksaw Ridge. Thank you. Hacksaw Ridge. I almost said, said something else, but Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, I think he did get an Academy Award nomination for that, and he deserved it. This guy is world-class. He's world-class. Here's the thing. All that those numbers mean is that Sony needs to keep looking at doing Spider-Man movies. Doesn't have to have Andrew Garfield doing it. Doesn't have to have Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Doesn't even have to be Tom Holland. And I laugh now when I see people go, Tom Holland's not Spider-Man. I don't want the Spider-Man anymore. Oh, yes, you will. And it's, it's hilarious because I remember the same song when Tobey Maguire wasn't going to be Spider-Man. Well, Tobey Maguire's not Spider-Man anymore. I'm not going to watch Spider-Man anymore. And then the same song when Andrew Garfield was leaving. If Andrew Garfield's not Spider-Man, I'm going to not going to watch. And yet, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And yes, you will. You will be back to watch the next Spider-Man if it's not Tom Holland or if it's not Andrew Garfield or if it's not Tobey Maguire. I mean, I'd love to see another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. I've been wanting that for years. I would love it. But the key thing, the takeaway from those numbers again to Garden Variety is just that they need to make more Spider-Man. Not necessarily that has to be done with Andrew Garfield. You know what would blow the roof off uh -oh. everybody's house? Uh-oh. If they just put the Miles Morales Spider live-action Spider-Man film in between the next trilogy uh Holland's gonna do just to do a fresh take. I would love to. I would love to see a live action. I know you're stuck on that nope. Spider Verse one. Yep. But man, just seeing you know, just seeing a live action version of that, and imagine the music. That would be. It would dilute it. it. I, I honestly Aww. think it would dilute it. They're having such great success with live action Spider Man as it is. 
and huge success with animated Miles Morales. Now, eventually they'll do it. Eventually they will. But right now, the you're just you're cannibalizing. You're self cannibalizing and shooting yourself in the foot. I think if you try to but come I'm, out and do live action, I'm just right scared now. of people people getting tired of this regular Spider-Man and just it a different take in yet. between. Hasn't happened oh, okay. yet. I, I We've been going for 20 years on, and nobody's getting tired of Spider-Man yet. I mean, eventually it has to happen though. All I, right. I think you're right about that. All right, let's take one more today. What's next? Thomas says, have you guys heard about Colin Firth's upcoming movie called Operation Mincemeat? It's about an audacious rouse that the British military pulled on Hitler during World War II. One of the intelligence officers behind the plan was none other than Ian Fleming. I have, I believe we talked about this a, a while ago, but it's got real um, Argo feels to it, right? Argo fuck yourself. Yeah, the Argo fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I think that's in there too. So I haven't, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. If it's the right, I think we t we were talking about that one like a year or two years ago. That's really, I, 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 I I'm i excited to see that. Yeah, that I mean, sounds that, the sounds, I hope I'm thinking of the right thing, but I think I did. Anyway, that's a really good one to bring up, Tom. Very cool. Anyway, guys, listen. There are still more questions to come uh, from people like, uh, well, that's Thomas who just did, Harry Poppins, Harry Milo Poppins. Murphy, Jonathan, and others. Do not worry. I will either do a companion video on this lyric today or, because there's not too many left. But yeah, I'll do a companion video on this lyric today, and we will get all caught up on the remaining questions there. But for now, guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campia Show, thank you guys so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Don't forget the John Campia Show returns again tomorrow. So why don't you go ahead, click on that subscribe button, click the thumbs up button on this. I keep forgetting. I never ask you guys to do that. I'm trying to remember in the Daddy new year remember. to ask you guys to subscribe and click the thumbs up button. Sorry, let me do the YouTube thing. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash it. Smash it. Um, <laughs> see, I'm doing my YouTube thing. See, I've always... I haven't asked people to do it for years. So I'm going to try to remember to do that this year. And make sure you come back and join us for the show again tomorrow. It's going to be me, Kim, Ray, Rob's going to be back tomorrow. And in the meantime, I want to thank Kimberly Ann Curran for being here. Kimberly, where can people find you online? Hey, guys, you can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly. And my uh, top 10 list is on there in the highlights labeled uh, TJCS. And right beside her. Yep. Ray Aura. Yep, yep, yep. Where can people find you, Ray? They can find me at Popeye's Chicken after. Because <laughs> I'm about to get a chicken sandwich that oh. someone made me want to eat right now. Because oh, Are you, you going to get me one? That um, sounds really good. Uh, but you can catch me at Ray Aura. Oh, you dodges the Not, question. Uh, dodges. Dodges Smash that like button, Still waiting on my coffee. Smash that like button. Still waiting on my coffee. Go ahead. And guys, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter simply right there at John Campia. Special thank you to all you guys who sent in the live questions and, and the tip questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campia show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys, that'll do it for us for now. My name is John Campia. And until next time, my friends, what do you say? Bro, bye. <laughs> <laughs>